welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week, it's the big fight night. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know, dating back to, I think it was our overrated horror episode. I, I believe think, it was. And I think maybe I'd done some digs before then, but it was back then that I first brought up the fact that I think that <laughs> Dracula or Bram's... Stokers. <laughs> We've been saying Stroker for the last yeah. so I keep saying Bram Stroker's Stroker. Bram Stroker's Dracula. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula um, by Francis Ford Coppola, the film that we'll be looking at today. I have said many a time that I think that it is an overrated horror film. Um, so, uh, this is our must-see horror technically as well. Uh, this is on our list of must-see horror, but we are mainly about the big fight, the big scrap. It is. For it's... the dignity of our souls and for the, the player to decide, is it any good? Is it overrated? Is it a cult classic? I mean, it's a bit bigger than that to be like, people kept saying cult, but it wasn't it's like a flop, cult. so it's not It was cult. a massive success. You can't really, yeah, you can't really count it as a, like loads of people said over the years it's had a cult status, this film, but it's actually like, it was if it was a big success in the first place, you can't then turn around and go, but it's cult now. It's like, well, no, it was big, and then people forgot about it, and there's a reason for that. I mean, I think it, I think it was kind of a, a turning point in horror. Um, but this is it. This is our must-see horror Dracula and our Valentine's Day special. So we thought, what better than a film which will have us bickering and feuding like lovers? Loving, know? yeah. Loving. For the, for the beautiful um, love subplot within this film yes it's added which, yeah which I can't remember being in the book or not um, it is 100% not in the book yeah well I mean interestingly enough I started listening I thought I, I read Dracula um, at school for English literature many years ago so I can't really remember it Bef- that's bef- a badass one to get for school though. yeah it was what awesome. was that for sixth form um, no it was for, for school ah, I think. yeah it was badass I, we just, I swear half the time we were just fucking Shakespeare which is great yeah. it, like just some fantastic Shakespeare maybe, maybe but it's was... like just it was just like it was tend to be quite boring yeah but I remember we read it and I I always struggled with it because it, it's obviously through letters and diary entries yeah, yeah, yeah. and I really struggled with it and when I, when I got COVID the week that I was supposed to be on on my honeymoon I ended up listening to about half of it on an audiobook which I found much better um, and then I stopped listening to it and for Christmas I got a, a special edition of it which I, I'm going to try and read because I've always struggled with reading it yeah. Um, but before we get into uh, the big fight, before the, the bell rings, I will please remind you to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. It is Valentine's Day, or it's going to be Valentine's Day soon. Or if you're listening to this after Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day has been and gone, so keep that love, please. <laughs> leave us a lovely review. <laughs> Time is fleeting. Time is fleeting. We're all going to die. Um, apart from Dracula, you know, love never dies. As love is eternal. Yes. So, um, Dracula. So, I did this, I believe, and I am now vague on this in my brain, but I'm fairly certain that I did this in university. I did... Um, I did this as one of my focus like films for one of the units or something like that. So I chose this. I chose the book. I chose to look at it. I chose to watch the film. So I was uh, I, I was quite drawn in, but I don't think I'd never seen it before I saw it at university. Yeah. Um, so then I was quite interested to see. So I'd read the book and then I watched that, and I have later what listened to an audio book version of it. Um, so I, I was quite excited. I remember when I see it, and as I've already announced, our overrated one. I 
found myself extremely underwhelmed by the film. Yeah. And then I have just watched it again for the first time in probably like 10 years, I think. And I sat there and I was like, I put my phone to one side apart from the occasional quick note. Um, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I even sent you a gif of the <laughs> Clockwork Orange and Malcolm McDowell just like, yeah. I'm staring at this film. I'm going I'm to force myself to watch this film properly so that I can analyse it and I can decide and I can find the parts that I like and so that I'm not just bitching about the film the whole time. Um, and I, I found things that I liked. That's good. But I also found a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> well, I, have, I, have a, I have a feeling that we, uh, the things that you hate are probably going to be the things that I love about this film. Because it's very, like, it's very, I mean, it's very gothic, obviously. It's very flamboyant. It's very it, yeah. camp. It's, it's camp. very over the top. And it's very, like, it's almost borderline melodramatic at times. And yeah. I kind of love that. You know, I, I, yeah, it, that it's one part of the film that I I, I, I get it, and I get that the um, it it's it's it is one of those like it's it's campy, it's in your face at parts, it's kind of over the top, and it I, I think it is a hard one because it is this is both probably the closest adaptation to the book, yeah. And at the same time, it takes so many liberties that it kind of misses the point of the book. It's a very... Sh- it kind yeah. of misses the point of Dracula, I find. You, okay. I, I find I find I, I, I was... Very, the, the most disappointing part of this film is Dracula for me. Very like, interesting. Early on, I really like him. Yeah. But as the film progresses, <coughs> a Dracula becomes just nothing. He's, he's, he's nothing of the Dracula that he should be. Which is sad, because Gary Oldman's performance is really good until the script completely lets him down. <laughs> well, and we will delve into that. I, yeah. I, I'm going to flow that out as we go throughout. But those are some early little tidbits of why. I've, but like, I assume we'll work through the film as, yeah, we'll, in a linear as, we, as, as, as linear as we usually do. Yeah, which is <laughs> which just is, random and yeah, all random. over the place. Which is, yeah, randomly edited all over the place. Which is kind of like this film. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the one I'm thing digging. that I, I love about the... Um, I, I love is... I love the opening, you know. You know I'm a big kind of score fan. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the name. Um, but I think it's Wojcicka Killer who does the score. I mean, that can't be right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't know, I'm, look, I'm looking at it. Wojcicka, yeah, you're right. Wojcicka Yeah, I can't pronounce that either. I feel like that needs to be specifically in that language to make sense. To maybe make sense, yeah. To our phonetic language and brains in English, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't click, no. That's like dropping all of the consonants and being like, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But it's like, it's an incredible, you know, like, gothic, these sweeping orchestral pieces. Yeah. And the actual main kind of theme, which does play quite often throughout the um throughout the film at certain times it's just so incredible mm. and i think it it sets the tone you know we get like it just kind of almost gets straight into it with the history of of dracula and yeah. it does one it i think one thing that they <coughs> maybe this is taking liberties from the start but you know bram stoker <laughs> bram stoker <laughs> it's always in there man bram stoker obviously based dracula on vlad the impaler Whereas yeah. this one, it very much 
I don't recall that massively being in the book. Not like no, there's hints to it. They don't know they, who he is in the book. No, and there's definitely hints to it. Whereas with this one, they pretty much established that yeah, it's, he was Vlad. It is Vlad the Impaler. They don't call him Vlad, you know. Actually, I think they do, but. I think they yeah, do call him Vlad. Yeah. yeah, Anthony Hopkins, um, early and he whatever calls character he's Prince meant to Vlad, be playing at the beginning there. I don't think he, he's like a he's just a priest, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I get it. I like it. You know, yeah. it's but it's that weird thing yeah. um, of having them like play you know a bunch of different people. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think it you know they go straight into it of him being Vlad the Impaler and him mm. being you know this like. Romanian, Transylvanian yeah. like, warlord, effectively. The the opening is very effective. Now, like you were talking about the score, and to be honest, the score is well, really good. It's yeah, fantastic. I was, I was about to say um, I was about to take my belt. No, 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 no. The score is one thing that I would say, and if I, anything, I would say at some parts of this film, if that score wasn't so good, yeah. then it would have brought down. Like sometimes a score can save certain. A scenes. score it could just soar, it. baby. You know a what I mean? Like soar. You'd, like lots of people say, there were a lot of films out there. They were like, if you just put a different score on it, this film could actually be like way better, just because yeah. your brain just goes, ah, oh, that's way more epic in your brain. You know yeah. what I mean? It, that's all it takes is one amazing score, and, and that is what this film has got. It does really raise some of those scenes, and it is really effective in this opening scenes because it has the <clears throat> one part I really did like was the kind of the shadow silhouette oh, battle. Yeah, that was really you cool. know like a probably quite a good like cost effective way of not yeah, having to like you know, having we haven't got the budget for that so how do we do it and and it, it, that is one of the things that Coppola does in this film is he throws in a lot of different creative techniques he's like yeah he's thrown in a lot with which some of them work really well and some of them I, I think are at times a little bit of a detriment to this film that they kind of he overdoes it with too many different stylizations yeah. that he doesn't it's like he doesn't quite always know like where are you go with this but this opening one does really work like the battle looks awesome him impaling him when you've got all of the people on the spikes yeah. and it's just like yes like that that does look cool and that like skinned armor that he wears yeah, is yeah. just fucking badass yeah, yeah. you know and and that's what I think so that's what I said in this opening scene his lad technically yeah. not so Dracula at this point but he's Dracula. what he is like straight away you know Gary Oldman comes in with this accent which sounds believable as an accent yeah. you know what I mean whatever it is that he's made up in some way like it's it's a it's a believable accent that comes in and he's you know straight away it's like this is Gary Oldman just owning the scene you yeah. know what I mean he's there he seems scary he seems imposing he seems like I'm here I will you know about and you know, um, and even when it has obviously, it also has the subplot of Renona Ryder's uh, Mila, Mina, Mina, not Mila, uh, Mina um, killing herself while yeah. out, of, believing that he was gone and he's, dead, he's, and you know, he's dead, yeah. Um, and but it's just him; he's there, but he's just like, <laughs> it's one of those things. And accents are a big problem in this film, from and not just for the case that everyone knows about. There are lots of very terrible accents in this film, yeah. but. This one, he kind of owns. He's kind of there. And it's much stronger than it is a little bit later in the film, actually. But he's he's just a presence that's there. And everyone's, like, looking up to him and scared, looks scared of him because yeah. of he's like that. Um, so that's what I mean. Straight away, I was like, okay, Gary Oldman actually is, like, owning the shit out of this. And I wouldn't expect anything less. Gary Oldman is a fucking... Gary He's one of our best, like, the best actors living. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is an he incredible fucks. actor. Um so I wouldn't expect anything less but you know Gary Oldman does also like many other actors he has his range of being both 
extremely like serious imposing he can play scary or serious and he can be amazing but he can also be hammy as shit sometimes yeah you know, like 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 his villain in like leon's a fucking fantastic film but he's he's a bit hammy in that role is the the, the over the top villain kind of thing you know what i mean yeah. like he can play both sides of that and this film kind of seems like he's clashing between should i be like staying to the the source material of like what sh- I think yeah. Dracula should be, or should I be going with Coppola's vision, which is a bit more campy and a bit more. He straddles the line, doesn't? And he does go back and forth on this line, depending on I think where the script takes him, kind of thing. He goes back and forth because remember Gary Oldman was more of a he was more of a because um, he is more of a character actor. Yeah, you know he's he's not over the years. Yes, in recent years he, he like he has become more of like a he'll lead a film kind of thing. But back then he was purely the side character of it. Like it wasn't Gary Oldman is Dracula. Yeah. It was just that he's playing this character and he is the side character. Yeah, it was Keanu Reeves. That's Keanu Reeves was one of the big selling points of it. And that's yeah, that's that's yeah. when we get to Keanu Reeves, but yeah, I, I was um I was interested by this, um, but it does have its first this is the first part when it kind of delves away from the book, yeah, which is introducing the idea of, um, which is just it just added. This is just the bit that really is my biggest grip of the film. Is this the love lost plot? Yeah, subplot. I just, I just feel it takes a lot of the terror away from Dracula this way, and it is something that they have then. This led the way for other vampire films where they've led him so closely to like love and things like well, that well there's always when, kind of been some know, element of romanticism with yeah them. that's what I mean like even with the earlier ones they kind of saw him as this like well sexual man he was a, fa- <laughs> yeah, he was a sexual man <laughs> they, they always they always saw that with him but it's just that this um, you know this the, the end scene which looks cool and the score is rising you know it's got him him like that he will not let, and I will not let this happen, and I will live yeah. forever. And a, forsake and, God, you know. And he throws yeah. his sword into the middle of the cross, and it starts bleeding, and yeah. the whole room starts bleeding. It looks really cool, but it's a bit in my head. That, like the bit with me was just like it's like you're, so. So Dracula became Dracula because he just willed himself that I am going to live forever. Well, like, more, there's no real clear like it's explanation. More that he's cursed, isn't it? You yeah, that he's, like he's he he forsakes God. So yeah, he yeah. so they he gets cursed. To live, forever, to live forever and yeah. to live forever without the person he loved you know yeah but that's that, that's just what we love the whole like curse and it is because again it's been done lots of times now at this point in history that we have that whole like it has to be the love that they've come back to and things like that but I, I, I find that it's like in the original like in the original kind of story he's he's not really a character that loves he's a character that people get drawn to and things but he's not someone that loves and he's he's more terrifying because you don't really know him so this is kind of like when people say about like you know like trying to do the backstory of Michael Myers and being like that makes it less scary and it does make it with that I'd agree however I think with with Dracula for me I think it makes him scarier because he like he was a man he knew what love is. He knew what life was like, you know. And yeah. he's he he's doing all of the horrible things that he does because he does some pretty fucking rotten things in this film. He, do, he does. Despite, it does do and he knows things. how it's going to affect people. You yeah, know? yeah. So I, to me, it's kind of like I, I just, find that scarier. I, I get that process of being scarier. I just the first argument. I, I just don't think. <laughs> and I, just, yeah, yeah. I just later, don't think this film sells that in that way yeah. I don't think the script gives the liberties for it to actually delve enough into him yeah. 
for us to actually get that from, like, truly get that from the film. That would be an interesting perspective on Dracula that some yeah. people have done. Um, I just didn't feel that this, like, film as a whole gave enough time to Gary Oldman to actually, like, make you actually go, like, oh, he's he is reflective of the human part. Yeah. So when it only happens in, like, random splatterings, or mainly, half of that is only revealed once he's in London with Renona Ryder and you get little yeah. scenes of him with his love, which makes him a truly, like... It it shows his human side. Yeah, and I I just I I just think the the whole like you know Prince of Darkness coming to London to kind of spread the like the dread and the fear and yeah. that, that should be like that he's almost bringing it into people's hearts and their minds and the things like that. I, I feel like none of that is there that was felt in the original novel because we're too focused on this love subplot yeah. about him feeling and. I mean, I mean, we'll go. We'll get to why I think it's later. But I gotta be honest. Once, once we hit London later on, really, he becomes a little whiny little bitch. Fair <laughs> enough. He's a Dracula whiny <laughs> little bitch. Like, I mean, that Dracula versus. I mean, fuck it. I even think fucking Twilight Edward Cullen could kick his ass. No, no. <laughs> he's a bitch in that scene. <laughs> what, what do you think of uh, Tom Waits as Renfield? Yeah, he he's effective. He's he's, he's the same. He's the, like he is the like the same throughout the whole film. But he's effectively crazy. He's fucking off the chain. Yeah, Tom Waits has heard the thing. I thought his his was absolutely fucked because he's just in. He just isn't like random scenes. Mainly just like shouting and screaming at Dracula. Yeah, yeah. And it's Tom Waits. You know the dude's yeah. fucking like mental anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So they're just like he was fucking insane that we could hire like to do this. And like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh, it's a very nineties thing for like different uh, musicians to suddenly like because Tom Waits is a, yeah, but he's but, still. I mean, I still but, I've seen Tom Waits in a few things. Yeah, yeah. He's been, he has been in a, a few things. It, it was a very. I mean, it's, but I mean, it's a very nineties oh, yeah. thing to suddenly have like quite a lot of musicians yeah. pop up in like. <laughs> Hello, Paul Jane, Deep yeah. Blue Sea, obviously yeah, being, like, the, being the big one. I mean, 80s and 90s, David Bowie, like, yeah. going into both. And you've had you've had loads of, you've had a bunch of them. Uh, like Michael Jack, Jackson. Mick Jagger did a couple of films which were, like, terribly, like, saying, like, people said, like, these are the worst things ever. But, you know, they all thought, at that stage, for some reason, the proper rockers thought, yeah, we can... We can we can do this acting lark and some of it Bowie was still well, Bowie was great well, but yeah. um, other ones not so much but Tom Waits here is effectively crazy because I is. feel like they didn't have to do much to make Tom no. Waits crazy <laughs> no I feel like they just like left him alone with a camera a lot of the time and this is just how he is you know like I feel like he may actually be the thrall for some kind of like dark vampire hidden away somewhere that he's just randomly got in contact with. <laughs> you know like he is kind of fucking nuts. He he's he's one of the better ones, um, and some other ones go like for like back like as I said like in these early scenes, I feel that Gary Oldman is like a weightlifter who's holding it up for half of the yeah. like for a lot of the other actors, especially the scenes with just him and Keanu. You know, he is he is holding these scenes together by being the presence that he is in this early scene. One actor though that does go from terrible to really good. Is Anthony Hopkins? I think here in that opening, he's his accent sounds fucking awful. Yeah, his whole demeanor, his narration even sounds kind of over the top and hammy. I yeah. But I then think... later in the film, Van Helsing fucking saved the film for me later. Yeah, on. I find it's, <laughs> I find it's a weird thing because the the opening is very much almost supposed to be, or at least I see it, almost a bit more like a stage play you know yeah. like you have the puppet show and then you get like well like the silhouette show and then that bit in the church is very much like 
people just playing people, you know. So yeah. like, it's, it was only the second time I watched it that I clocked that it was Anthony Hopkins. And <laughs> I get the idea behind if you're having, you know, Winona Ryder be the reincarnation, then effectively the, the, the main opposition for Dracula, the yeah. guy from the church, should also be Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. It kind of feels very, like... With him doing that early, like, because that open a bit of, is obviously is added on. That's not so. So the narration, like, from a... Because, again, one thing Coppola tries to do is, like you said about in the book, that they have different narrators, different people, yeah. different perspective, different letters, different, you know, news articles, different things like that throughout the thing. So Coppola tries to do that by constantly yeah. having, like different perspectives throughout the film so you're constantly jumping to different people narrating different parts of the film and obviously that opening bit is kind of a, a made up kind of part about the history of Vlad the Impaler kind of thing yeah. um, instead of like in a novel where it starts more with the voyage of Demeter and that's kind of more the close to the opening yeah. isn't it kind of part of the film but the book um, but Anthony Hopkins is just like I don't know I just, I just straight away I was like I know Anthony Hopkins voice very well I was like <laughs> yeah. and I know and Anthony Hopkins is like a Gary Oldman like like I said with Gary Oldman, although I I still believe Gary Oldman is a better actor. Interesting. Um, but uh, because only because because I think that um, well I, I think because Gary Oldman can change, he can change perspective. Even in this film, there are several different scenes, and he seems like he's very different act. Like when he's Vlad the yeah. Impaler, even when he is the older Dracula we first meet, to then being the you know loving Dracula, he yeah. seems almost like three separate kind of styles. The, the old of man people. to the sexual man. And I know that Gary Oldman can completely transform into a different accent, different, you know, whereas Anthony Hopkins can, but mainly at this point we've realised he can only kind of do a certain level of that. He can only change to certain kinds of characters. Yeah. It's either Hannibal Lecter or a kind of a stately gentleman or the fucking mad bloke. Yeah. And in this opening scene, he's being the hammy mad bloke, which Anthony Hopkins, like I said with Gary Oldman, does hammy rolls and then he does serious rolls. Yeah. This one, I feel that Anthony Hopkins decided that this is a campy, corny one, and I'm going to do this. Thing. So this isn't this isn't like Dracula the novel. This is like a campy interpretation yeah. of it. So I'm going to do it like I'm in a like I'm in a Bella Lugosi Dracula film, and yeah. I'm going to fucking do it like that, and I'm going to go for it. Which in the opening scene seems like he thought that this isn't like quite right. Whereas in the later scenes, it seems like Anthony Hopkins has gone. Oh yes. Well, Van Helsing is in the novel, so I can draw from that. I yeah. will draw from that as a classical actor, and I will I will bring that to life. But I don't know who the fuck this guy in the opening scene is. So I'm just gonna <laughs> fucking, random man. I'm just gonna make it up like I'm so rich. and that's what I mean. Like he can be fantastic, and then he can be sometimes yeah. he can be corny as hell. Well, let's get because after Renfield, let's get on to one of the major points of contention that a lot of people kind of pile on the film about, which is Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. Yeah, what's I, the what's what's the thoughts? I mean, this is this is what I, I, I said before that I like. I said to, just before we start that I do think a lot of roles in this film are miscast. I, I think a you lot said of people that. are. I think which I found interesting. Um, I mean, I think I think Gary Oldman's an excellent actor, but I do also think other actors could have done a better job than Gary Oldman does. Interesting. So I'm going to cut out that and say straight yeah, away that straight I off. think that so good. Love, you know, and, and I, I, I still not willing to admit that he is a sexual man. I don't find him. I, I don't think, find him alluring or attractive in I, this film. I think he's a sexual man. <laughs> um, and I think you know that you know. Um, and as I've said, like yeah, Anthony Hopkins is, is fantastic as that mad character later on. But um, Keanu Reeves is is, is awful. Um, like I, there are, there is one or two scenes where I thought you're somewhat holding it together. 
but for most of his scenes, especially in these opening scenes that we see of him when he's riding in there, his accent is all over the fucking place. I, I struggle to think like, what is the, where is it, where is it, Keanu, and where is it just Jonathan Harker being yeah. a relatively bland character? Because in the book, yeah, he is he a bland. Is that's what I mean. Relatively bland. He's I, just like a dude. You know, it's not that I can't see why they cast Keanu Reeves. Uh, like I can see the kind of because, like you said, there is a woodenness to the character. I think anyway, he's a bit of a bland. He is like the the, the side character, but at the same time, in the original novel, you're still meant to see why Mina loves him, and in this mm. film, you don't see why would Mina would. And in no. fact, he's such a he becomes such an afterthought later on that you don't yeah, even really uh, you don't even know him. why. Because that again, that whole subplot's not there. So Mina never falls for Dracula. She's in the novel, and she's not. You yeah, know, she's not in love with him. She doesn't choose to turn or anything. Like that. So you should know why she would want to fight so hard to stay with Jonathan Hart, be with Jonathan, yeah. and why she's disgusted. Should be disgusted by the monster, but not in this version. But um, Keanu Reeves doesn't give us any reason because I mean, one thing, as I said before, is down to the script because at no point do they give us any long amount of time with. Renona Riders Mina and Jonathan Harkin. No, I think there's it's no all... scene where we get we, we. There should have been an early scene to kind of really show that love a little bit more, but there's really not. I think there's one maybe, but there's not enough. I there's, think there's one at a restaurant with, but that's all. But Anthony Hopkins when he's Van Helsing later on, and he's fucking Odin scene, and by that point she's already a lord by yeah. Dracula. I'm pretty sure there is one before they go. Yeah, where the... he's like. She, yeah. we'll get married when I'm back yeah when they but go down the from last, the, they go yeah. down the steps and it's like night and they're like that, and and the dialogue is like I love you I love you, I love it's, you. it's really like it's really like In not that, right I'll agree I will concede and a it, point it, to you that that scene and there seems to be no I'm, chemistry between them there is no chemistry is between them and the other actress who is miscast is Winona Ryder 100% she can also not do the accent I don't understand this idea of they've cast big actor stars at the time. She was huge. Kind of yeah. was huge. Uh, early 90s. They were big young stars to try and bring in young people. And Renona Ryder has... But Renona Ryder... Keanu Reeves did this once and went, okay, that was... I was not good. I, I admit, I'm not good. Renona Ryder's done a British accent several times in several films and she's never been good at it. And I what don't understand do? why directors... She also did a Little Women adaptation. Little women. And there is another one and I've forgot what that one was but she's done it several times and I just straight away I was just like that scene it was like I said was bad straight away so that didn't give either of the actors much of a no. good because the dialogue wasn't very good and it was like okay this isn't making me like think you're in love this just makes me like it, it feels a bit odd it feels off this scene but I just I just think for, for, I just don't think that she's the right presence I, I think there's so many other actors that they could have made at the time who were big who would have like pulled this off? Like I don't understand the idea that an actor is hired on the basis that they can perform what you and they can draw numbers and do the role. Yeah, yeah they're, they're bought on that. But as a director, I also think when you get there and if you hear those accents coming out of their mouths, I think that that is the point where like, it's like if it's like it's, a, it's like if me as a as a teacher went to the classroom and said, "I don't know maths." <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean you don't I have no I don't understand I, I, I don't get it I can't do it you know I can do everything else like you know I can be an actor and I can train and I, I look beautiful and I look this yeah, and I'm clapping for the, for the character you know like as an actor if I was the actor but suddenly if I can't do one glaring thing that is absolutely needed in that film yeah. I feel like that's the point when the director should be able to go 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get rid of you. If you can't do the one job that you're hired to do, which is the accent that need, the English accent we need for this film, then... And again, I don't think Francis Ford Coppola was that... I think part of that comes down to that. I don't think Francis Ford Coppola was that bothered as long as it kind of <laughs> brought out like his vision in whatever the fuck it was. But um, I, I, I just think... I just think neither of them are, 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 are right. And I also think Renona Ryder quite often lets down... The only part she's good in is the later part of the film, when she's playing into her what she is good at, which is being fucking weird and crazy. And this is, <laughs> that's what I... Where, that's what I agree with you. Like, I think Keanu Reeves is, is miscast. I think they could have had somebody else. He's Jonathan Harker is relatively wooden, um, I feel, but Keanu just doesn't gel well with it. And Winona, I kind, I think uh, sometimes I think, yeah, I, I, I'm not into it. But then, as as the film progresses, and maybe as she gets more involved with Dracula and Gary Oldman, and whether it's because I think Gary Oldman's doing a good performance and he's lifting her up, mm. I find that I don't mind her as much. Yeah, the only other one that I just I, think it's not as good. Like it could have been better it could have definitely been like a, there were many actresses I just think yeah. could have done so much no I agree with you on that um, I, I just, I've just realised we're like half an hour in <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. We're, well we've jumped to the first half an hour on but <laughs> yeah. well I mean I've, I really like the journey to Dracula's castle I think it's very foreboding you know you get like the the scene where he's in the train tracks driving and you have like Dracula's eyes on him. Yeah. You know, then you get the scenes. I think like the set design is incredible, you know, as the, as he's waiting at like the, the crossroads to get picked up by Dracula's driver. And then that weird carriage comes and picks him up. And then you start to get like a lot of surrealism, you know, like the, mm. the driver just like picks Jonathan up and he just like floats into the carriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when we meet Dracula, I think the parts of Dracula's ca- castle are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like Gary, I, Gary Oldman's Dracula just fucks so hard on this scene. Like mm. when I always, you, you always have the, the image of Dracula as being like Bella Lugosi or Christopher Lee with like the cape and that kind of stuff. Whereas this, definitely i feel is a lot more to the novel when i was when i was yeah, reading yeah. it or listening to it this is much it. more like the older the old the like, old dracula the more dressing yeah. flamboyant well, less power at certain like not quite as powerful as he can become kind of thing cuz he still yeah. needs more but he's like yeah he's but, more of a presence i find like yeah and you just get so much like surrealism in this castle part you know like you see like his um the shadows the shadows shadow. move yeah there was one point that i thought is really fucking surreal is where jonathan's uh shaving and you know you we know as the audience that you can't see them in the in the uh, mirror jonathan obviously doesn't know that he's shaving and then dracula touches his shoulder and when he turns around dracula's at the door still yeah and it's that kind of weird like things start Playing to feel slightly line. dreamlike. Yeah, and, and that part I think is that part is all well adapted. I think because that is the kind of the weird unsettledness that he kind of has in his like letters that he says yeah. that this is. I don't. I never quite seem to know what's going on, and and that's that's like looking back with Keanu's performance a little bit. It is it is kind of that part where Jonathan Harker as a character is bland, but the one thing is you should feel for him kind of being more and more unaware and more and more unsure as the situation yeah. goes on and you just don't really get it from Keanu's performance no. like that's that's where he mainly lets it down is his big part of the novel is 
this part is of the castle, the, in the castle as he slowly gets more and more drained of power and energy you know from yeah. what's happening to him from from being secretly like fed upon and like not being sure if it's real or a dream or surrealism yeah. this whole surrealism is really good like the production in this film is really good the the, the visuals the way that he appro- yeah. like approaches it and you know it works I, I do think that because he goes quite surreal with it that there is a lot of times that Copula kind of overdoes even with the shadows the shadows go from a really creepy presence to after a while I just think they get a bit too they just go on for longer than they needed to so after a while they start to get a little a little bit like you're almost expecting to have like you know like in Austin Powers when he starts doing like they're they're in the tent and they're they're trying (laughs) to put things out and it starts getting like like it's just started to go on a little bit too long it's like that was really cool and then I was like, "Oh, you're still doing. We're still doing the shadow thing, aren't yeah. we?" Is I just, I just think he overdoes some of them a little bit. Or sometimes he has this weird, crazy like effect to make it surreal, but it kind of sometimes takes away a little bit. There's one later on I'll talk about, but I think this opening scene is really good. It really sells the surrealism, the strangeness. If Keanu could have lived up to the kind of the the angst and anxiety that Jonathan Harkins feels a little bit better yeah. I, I think it would be even better but Gary Oldman is fucking rocking it in this scene and yeah. this is one part to be fair that is turned on me because before I didn't like I didn't like the way I thought the way he looked looked really bad and things like that yeah. but actually this this time um, this time I thought it was actually really effective I thought he looks uh, appropriate he looked right you know um, his just there's just something that the way he kind of slowly talks that kind of makes someone have to listen quite like carefully yeah you know but then the sudden like changes like the i know like some people point out that they thought that the like the sword scene is a little bit like cheesy kind of thing but i thought it was quite effective to suddenly like rock jonathan yeah. like jonathan feels like nothing cares quite normal and then suddenly he's like this is a man not to be messed he's with he's got a sword brandished yeah, in his face it's and, just like right there and I think the the difficulty is that when that in the book him and Dracula have many more conversations yeah. before something like that happens like I know that there is a point where he does Dracula does effectively turn on him and it becomes very clear to Jonathan that he's like he's now his prisoner yeah, um, yeah. you get the scene with the letters where he's like write one saying that you're going to stay here for a month write one that you're on your way back and yeah. one that you're about to like return home or something weird and you know like this is odd and even in the book Jonathan's like this is very odd yeah, yeah. but then later he's like I, I'm his prisoner yeah. And I, but they have a lot more of a, of a talk in the book there's more there's more to this in, there definitely is more to this in the book though, for yeah. this bit feels a little bit like it's been a little bit cut out of the film more than yeah. you know in, in the book it goes on for quite a while of him like slowly seeming and you kind of see the progression of him slowly going somewhat mad and you find the history of him because I, I like I remember the book the audio book I had was done by uh, narrated by Mark Gattis who obviously yeah. did the yeah. BBC Dracula yeah. um, and it was done really well and there was there's kind of like mo- like a monologue where Dracula is talking about you know the like the Dracul family and mm. the stake and the war they've had with like the Turks and the Boyar and stuff like that yeah. and I think it's during that that Jonathan offends him and it, he yeah. doesn't draw a sword on him, but he's very like clear well, to him. There's a there's a lot more of him like searching around the castle to find information and, and find finding nothing. And that's where a lot of the information, like some tiny parts of information that we get, 
but we don't get that's why I mean even like it, it comes across that even Dracula doesn't know how he is Dracula like he doesn't even know how he yeah. behaves like, not in the film but in the book whereas um, in the book it's whereas in the film sorry it's almost like um, they they need to get through this part very quick so I think it's only in the first like time that he meets him that he draws the sword on him yeah so, you know? well obviously after this bit it, like when it gets to uh, London that's around about the 45 minute mark I kind of noticed that at the time <laughs> like yeah. when it changed kind of setting um, so it's it, and that's after the setup so it's only we only spend about I think around about 20-25 minutes at most like going, we yeah, but, we spend but that's back and forth day. but that's yeah. also back and forth between other characters in London and meeting Lucy and all yeah. of her suitors Lucy and all that the kind pipe. of stuff yeah the yeah again hats. very different character in the in the film that she is in the book this is this is Coppola again taking his more sexual version of the film because in the book she's not like she's a woman of the time which would not be a woman like this no woman at the time goes around and like stroking your sword and so, yeah she's you know what I mean like she would have been like cast out like she a goddamn beaten yeah. she's a bit she's a bit of a minx in the in the book though you know she's very clearly playing these suitors like yeah yeah she, yeah, she, she plays know. them in that kind of but more in that kind of Jane Austen kind of playing them not yeah. like here's my tits here's my tits <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean in this one it's like so you're gonna fuck me at 12 yeah you're, you're gonna, gonna fuck me at 2 yeah it's very much like that isn't it yeah you know? she's uh, there's not quite that I don't think Coppola quite has the subtlety to be able no. to pull off that kind of classic kind of way about it but and it was the sex charge 90s as well you're, you're, you're <laughs> he's trying to up that like but he, he, he is go here the romanticism love but he's he is trying to go for a, a more like sexual he is going more Bram Stoker than yeah. Bram Stoker <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, the one one scene that I think is so fantastically well done um, is the scene with Dracula's wives you know where he says to Jonathan like whatever you do uh, wherever you kind of like go around the castle as you want but yeah. make sure that you effectively sleep in your own bed and he goes and then he's wandering around and he finds that you know the, the, the chamber with the brides of Dracula and I just think that part is so fantastic when he's like lying on the you know the, yeah. you hear them whispering and stuff and when he lies on the bed and then you see like the footprints and then they start to like come out of the bed, you yeah, know, yeah. like that scene. It's so it has that surrealism and that allure and that like eroticism. This, yeah, this scene was this scene was really good. Very, sur- yeah, very um, surreal and fair. I mean, to be honest, to be fair, what I put was uh, Monica Belushi's tits <laughs> adds one star for having her in this film. Uh, a good note. If you know, if you know the, the actress, she's like the first one you see kind of appear out of it. Basically, yeah. it's like Donovan Hart gets boobs in his face. He just gets which, tear. I, I do, I do believe that she's possibly one of the most beautiful women to ever live. It's but, often um, said, yeah. You know, but um, <laughs> except my wife, if you're listening, and, yeah, and obviously my wife, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- that whole what I've read as the John- the Jonathan Harker rape scene. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. is. It, yeah, technically. Um, you know, I actually thought this is one of Keanu's better scenes, though. Maybe it's because he didn't need to do much, because I believe he both looks believably horny and somewhat terrified at the same time, but it probably because he didn't have to, you know, he probably didn't have to try that more. Again, Monica Belushi's tear. Monica Belushi's <laughs> so he didn't have to try that hard. Yeah, he's just like, um, oh and um, you know it has shot like the baby bit it's oh that's fucking shocking, terrifying you know and that's why we like, I actually think Keanu actually looks that's one of the few scenes where he actually see an emotion from him yeah when he actually looks truly like oh my god like what the hell is happening like 
he looks correctly kind of phased out and kind of confused and things like that which and then again I think that's one thing that Keanu Reeves is very good at doing which <laughs> is being like basically like stoner yeah <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> that scene um, is I find that so terrifying man. but I, I also think like and then not just that but I think this is probably the one scene I thought that Dracula was the most scary oh he was horrendous when he goes in and he is both you know he's so full of hatred that they are kind of attacking what's his yeah this is my you know and it's just it, it, I think this is the the Gary Oldman five found the strongest scene of him being terrifying. I well, you know, as I said before, it changes over. I think this is possibly the part when he is terrifying because he he is so imposing the second he walks in. But it's also that kind of the baby getting eaten oh, the and baby's stuff. Like, horrid, but man. it's the fact that he kind of draws on the energy of Jonathan Harker's like fear and confusion. Yeah, he's like, how can you like this is mine? This is mine. And he gives them the. You know, sees them with the baby, and then he sees Jonathan's reaction, and he laughs. Yeah, and he seems. But this is this is the part. Like this is what I mean. This is the Dracula that I liked in the film. This is the part where I felt he felt truly like terrifying, imposing, kind of like you're not quite sure what he's going to do. Maybe like terrifying. lurking. Like this part, I think, is when he is at his terrifying part. Um, I, I thought that scene was really good. Um, I think. And you know Keanu Reeves gets his bit, dick, his dick bit. <laughs> yeah, he gets fucking. I love the, the fact that like <laughs> they basically imprison him with the wives. Yeah. And in my head, it's just him just getting beat off, and yeah. just like mashed for like six months. Constantly. Yeah. He just constantly. I mashing mean, them. to be fair, they, <laughs> they suck him grey. <laughs> they do suck him grey. <laughs> he's just he's <laughs> just there, and, and he's had his blood sucked out of him for the last. I mean, his bit dick. You know, I yeah. guess. I mean, I guess that is where all the blood is rushing to. That's where to, the blood's you know, rushing that's where it's to, going. Yeah. Again, see Monica Belushi's doing yeah. And he, I just love him. He's just, just like in this room, just getting beat off constantly. Like for six months solidly. And then after, he's just like, oh, fuck, I've got a wife. And yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. to go home, you know? No, as I said, like I, the the opening, like uh, was it uh, enjoyable, as if if not a little bit like confusing as the logic as to how it became, and then we have yeah. these castle scenes which I think are really effective. They look really cool, you know, the way he shoots like the the city settings in that old kind of style. Yeah. It's like it's a mixture of like practical like drawn artistry mixed with like fake lightning and all that yeah. kind of, you know that kind of to make this really like effective kind of scene and that all feels appropriately what you'd expect from a Dracula yeah. kind of setting you know somewhat harking back again to like that gothic nature of the novel and it all yeah. feels appropriately it does feel a little bit undercut on the Jonathan Harker scene so yeah. it is one of the reasons why I feel a little bit like I we did say he's not quite living up to it but it is one of the reasons I feel like that somewhat it's a bit mean to lay you can't really a lot of people lay some of the blame of people not liking this film on just on Keanu Reeves and that's unfair because he's not really enough of an impact in this film no, to I, say that he's I, the problem yeah. with the film um, and also his main part of the novel really gets removed yeah. like his main like maybe if Keanu and, and nowadays Keanu by the way I think could totally rock it but then no like he just wasn't there as an actor back no. then um, I mean, he's come a long way he, he, he's still yeah he's, he's, he, he works in certain roles now he knows what he works with and he tends yeah. to stick to that but he's um, I, I, I just think yeah maybe if it can be given the chance to do that long, a bit longer of that castle kind of because it doesn't really feel like apart from a few scenes that 
Jonathan actually gets to really do that much or even explore that much. No, you know, no. it kind of drops off. Right yeah, as soon as he's getting sucked off, it's yeah. like... <laughs> as soon as he's sucked off, he's like, that's it, this that's is it. me, boys, <laughs> this I'm staying. This is me, boys, I'm staying for a while. Yeah, and then you get, the, obviously, the, yeah, the letter to... Because, like, as you said, like you get several correspondences back to Mina in the yeah. book. But in this one, it, it, there's only mainly that one when he says that things, strange things are happening and I have to stay here longer with Dracula. But you don't quite get that imposingness as much of Dracula, like so much owning him apart from the fact you're seeing his like eyes over the top of him or watching yeah. him or you're seeing the shadow watching him from behind um, so it, that yeah, bit's I, a little bit lost I would have liked to have seen that bit a bit longer because it is it's quite a long film it's like 2 hours and 7 minutes 2 yeah. hours and 14 minutes or something well, that, that's just why for me it's just like I think there's a I think there's enough in the original novel to adapt it and, and no one ever has adapted it exactly as it yeah. is which is just like that's because I feel like Francis Ford Coppola went on note to say how much he loves the story and loves the thing, but I just this is just why the sub the love subplot to me takes away from scenes that I think would have been better served, and the story makes more sense better served in the yeah. original format than this and having longer scenes of like you know Jonathan Harker and stuff like that you know add something to it, but you know again they're trying to draw an audience in to get a certain thing and the love aspect sometimes is more interesting to yeah. a general audience if you see what I mean and I guess haven't the, read the book I so guess I get trying something to add something to it because I guess yeah. another thing is we have to understand like is looking at this of, of when it came out in the 90s at this time from as far as I'm aware you you had a lot of drag you know a lot of vampires being alluring and stuff like that like we had we would have had like uh we would have had Fright Night and we would have had The Lost Boys and Vamp and stuff like that. Yeah. But if we're looking at the character of Dracula specifically, it was a bit like, a bit stiff and a bit of that kind of like old gentleman, you know, like Ben yeah, and yeah. Lucy, Christopher Lee. It was very much like a stuffy man in a they'd, cape. They'd manage yeah, manage to make vampires a bit more campy, but that's also why I think this film at times is a little bit more campy because they've gone away from the the monster movie, the yeah. universal monster movie style, and they tried to bring it a little bit more. But obviously, vampires, a lot of vampires, the films that had done well were kind of slightly campy. Yeah, so, like Lost Boys, like you said, and a lot of those ones were. So they still kind of kept a little bit of that energy while trying to make Dracula a little bit extra, more of a sexual kind of sexual man, loving kind of human. I yeah, think, I guess it's ways. the human aspect of it, yeah. isn't it? It's that part that they do. And I, I, I get I do, I do get the reasoning for it and I get that and I think that's just the difference of I'd still one day like to see a uh, the, I haven't actually wa I watched the first episode of that BBC one because that apparently was quite a close adaptation. The first two episodes were great and then the third episode was dog shit. But they, that one it, again it, it like took the knob but then it added this whole extra subplot I can't remember what it is something about nuns and yeah like it added in um, and a lot like, of people said that's again where it went off a cliff where it tried to add a kind of part to it and it was like well you know especially as you're making a TV series you pretty much could have mainly you know you have to add some stuff obviously because it's not all there in the book yeah. it's not it needs a bit more to flesh it out but it is just where some of these subplots I think just take it away from it and I, I would still love to see a proper serious adaptation yeah. of because I think in many ways Nosferatu which we watch to me is possibly the closest without sound or things yeah. the closest that I've seen and it's not even technically doesn't even adapt the novel fully but there's something about Dracula Nosferatu yeah. in that that is like the it's sense. a very basic I mean I guess we'll adaptation. see what Robert Eggers does with Nosferatu but that won't be Dracula that was Nosferatu, Nosferatu. 
I'd also like to say that, uh, you know, also, I, I believe that Mads Mikkelsen would actually fucking. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen would fuck. I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> in everything. I, I, I do wish they would, would make, basically, just make Bram Stoker's Dracula try to do it closely to the book. Yes, you have to add some parts to it. But just do that, but do it with Mads Mikkelsen. I he think he'll fucking fuck rock. Yeah, I think he would fucking own that role. He would, man. He would be like the iconic Dracula. I don't know why, I just think of that kind of character. I just think sexual man <laughs> he, he tips you the know, box it doesn't have, you know it doesn't have like I said he needs to be alluring but it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be like alluring so I must love you it has yeah. to be alluring so like you're drawn to me but you don't quite know why and that's fucking Mads Mikkelsen Mads anyway. Mikkelsen man I mean if Dude's you were in front of Mads Mikkelsen right now you'd probably be sucking him off you'd, 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 or you'd be tempted to suck him off when he's stroking you know he's a, he's a, he's a real life sexual man you know? yeah that's what he was incredible in uh in Hannibal that's what I mean basically what he was in Hannibal is is Dracula what he was like, in Hannibal <laughs> with a cape you know, you I go. mean yes you have to actually make him a little bit more kind of decrepit maybe and things like that but I just think he's got the energy to totally belong yeah. but you know I, I, he might be bored with the idea because he, he has been a little bit typecast as that kind as of a villain man. character <laughs> yes well uh, but he was so fucking good Hannibal yeah he was class <laughs> We're going back to the film. Um, yeah. There was so we originally were going to cover um, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah, uh, it was a one. It was a it was a lost episode that we couldn't get the time to do. Um, I re, I enjoyed the film, but this it just it does kind of glaze over it in, in oh it's like montage. a montage isn't it but yeah. I felt um, minus the rocky like yeah minus the tiger obviously that's what you think yeah Rip Carl Weathers oh yeah at this point Rip another Carl sexual man yeah um, <laughs> that's that's fine out like, Carl, yeah, like this, is and, this is rocky right now end, yeah um, I, I did find that like obviously I would have liked to have seen that bit played out a bit more because I, I said it's a great chapter yeah um the second episode of the bbc dracula is on the demeter and yeah. it's fantastic um and last voyage of the demeter is quite a, an, a, an interesting concept and i like that it is you know granted how long the film is i think doing it as a montage is kind of a good idea and it builds to me it built a lot of this foreboding atmosphere of him coming to London. You see all of the, all of the zoo animals kicking off. Yeah. You see like the, you know, you hear the captain's log. The like, weather changing. The weather changing. The, even the characters change, like that we know, like it, Mina and Lucy, is that they're having some kind of different visions and dreams. And, yeah. Like, that he knows that he's looking for a certain person. You see the like the like the blood splattering on the sails, yeah. and then you see um, him changing you see into Dracula wolf form, turning into wolf and kind of a lizard form and all yeah. sorts. And then when he um, when he when he does land, you get those free newspapers. And the first one is like zoo animals go fucking rago. <laughs> obviously, because well, like, you like get as and but you get those newspapers. But that's also into that's that the newspapers follow after the scene when Lucy when he is fucked as a wolf. He's fucked as a wolf, which is awesome. I fucking love <laughs> I, that. I, scene. I mean, it, it's cool. I like the I like the whole wolf thing. I like the whole different animals things because that actually is actually uh, kind of noted somewhat in the novel that there are different forms different yeah. creatures like a black dog is said to be yeah. seen like after the Demeter arrived on the you know uh, th like those kind of things are all very much there um, so I, I kind of like that I mean the weird part that he's kind of come to Lucy though because he knows of Mina and this whole a whole part of the film is the fact that he's got this undying love for his love 
So then when he's fucking Lucy, it just seems she's a little bit like, out. you know, when he's going out, that, 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 that goes against the love supply is what I'm saying. It just like, it's a, it's a cool scene. Like when yeah. he's doing it and he's biting her and it's fucking like, like, you know, the, the, what, the part of me that loves a bit of a werewolf and a bit of a monster movie in fucking like, cause at first on. I was like, is this, I, I kind of lost it. I like, wait, is that Dracula? Is that meant to be Dracula? Yeah. Or is some other, have they added, have I missed something here? Is there another creature that yeah. was in the original novel? Or I had to look that bit up. I was like, I forgot about that. Um, it's, it is really cool I just think it's a bit weird that it's like but then it, it is, it's meant to be surreal and it's kind of played as to whether it's happening or not because is it in Mina's dream or nightmare and yeah what the fuck is happening because she kind of walks through and even then you, again you've got Lucy in a, in a outfit like, that she would never find, like no. No, no woman would even be able to buy an outfit no. like that she's walking around in this fucking dirty ass like, like, like weathering heights up yeah, yeah yeah but full on like red and skimpy and like she's just Asking to be fucked by that by, by the wolf. Dracula is just like, ah, oh, well, I well, was just here to bite you. I guess you're here for a fuck. I guess I'm pounded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it is. It's this like really weird, surreal scene because you yeah. have this also a very like weird like ethereal soundtrack of this kind of operatic woman singing, and then. Dracula just fucking pounding yeah and sucking her blood um, like it's still interlaced with like different like shots of weather and storms and things like that like even before that you get the really fucking weird one where it's Lucy and Mina just just kissing just for no yeah. real reason they're just in the garden they're just making out yeah it's like why it's like Francis Ford Coppola was like just kiss just kiss <laughs> <laughs> and what does it say it's just I just kiss Dracula wants you to Dracula see it. Wants he's you telling to you to have a little kiss he's telling you to have a kiss <laughs> like he literally directed like he's this is another director where I think half the film you had one hand on the camera <laughs> 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 the Alfred other Hitchcock hand. style yeah, he was exactly. a fan of Hitchcock he was you know? exactly he's going for that craziness he's going for that beat off and then I love when he like the wolf just looks at me and it's just like you will not see me yeah <laughs> it just ends he gets also a cool flash it was really like a quick like you might miss it but like the lightning flashes and you see his normal form yeah underneath the werewolf which is kind of a cool little interlaced and it's like, that surrealism man you know you're just yeah. like what part of this is happening like was he a wolf was he just a man yeah like what what's going on you know it's it is a really it's a really cool scene um, a really cool kind of shot I think uh, and as I said I, I like one one thing I do like about Dracula in this film is the different forms he takes yeah the fact that they change it up like I feel like for Gary Oldman as an actor it was a fun role to do because it, he got to do so many different he got yeah. werewolf he got Batman he got <laughs> yeah. not, not Batman he <laughs> turns into a man that is a, like a bat like like like, Demi- bad like the voyage of Demeter the yeah. film the it feels like they very much took from the way he looks later yeah. when he turns into what that form. Like, that is totally the way he looks in Voyage of Demeter. So they yeah. definitely stole that version for, for their film. Um, yeah, I mean, Jensen, that bit is, it is, it is a bit of a, like, that's what I mean. Like, as much as I love, this, this is, this is my kind of, this is, well, this was my tipping point though. I, I was really enjoying, I liked Demet- the Demeter scenes and stuff like that, but this was my tipping point in the film where I felt, I mean, I've got to be honest, the second, it, this is about 45 minutes to about 50 minutes into the film. Yeah. And then this is the part when it's in London. And I, I felt that this film just slumps. Really? The second it got into London, I was just like, it goes all about the love subplot. Everything else the other characters are doing just, it doesn't feel like I didn't. I didn't feel like I got to know the other characters. It felt like they were just coming in to either give exposition about something that Dracula's yeah. done or how we're going to stop the bat. 
it didn't it just doesn't feel it didn't feel like I was getting more to know the characters but we're seeing scenes with the characters it felt like they were either reacting to something or giving exposition about the next scene yeah. but they weren't actually there and I, I'm just and it's probably also because I'm just not in I was not invested at all in the Dracula and Mina love I didn't yeah. feel I, I didn't feel the chemistry between Renona Ryder and Gary Oldman and I, I just I just didn't feel I felt that it really humanised him too much and that's that's my main problem with the film yeah. in general is he goes from this terrifying character doing shit like that and like even the werewolf you know all that kind of shit and he does still have some scenes where he does some shit to people no, I'm not saying it stops yeah. but for the most part every time I saw Dracula after this I just felt like he, he felt weak like he is meant to be weak because in sunlight whatever yeah. when he sees him but I just I just didn't feel that like I got the alluringness of him um, but even in their like their first meeting on the street it seemed like that doesn't seem like somebody's going to be like oh you're a, you're an interesting man it seems like it's like oh, well fucking hell get away from me you weird sounding freak well she's like that <laughs> I thought it's really she weird she is like that because she's it, like it that. turns too quickly from being that to being like uh, but then I'm like, oh, he's Dracula, so I can just fucking do some mind yeah. shit. But then it doesn't make it feel it real, and it it's feel... like not a real love. Well, it's weird because <laughs> she, he's like, you know, he's really charming, he's sexual man, and and then he's like, he's like, see me, see me on the other side of the street. She sees him, and they start talking, and she's like, you know, he's asking her questions, yeah. and she's like, I'll have you know that my husband, you know, and she says, like, she makes it very clear that she's married, and yeah. she's not interested, and then he's like, oh, excuse me, let me introduce myself, I'm Prince Vlad, and as soon as he's like, I'm Prince Vlad, she's like, oh, okay, ah, she's like, oh, you're a prince. <laughs> you're a prince, ah, I'm fucking in now. Just took my knickers off. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I think is that this film, they, they play, effectively, this is where it splinters off into kind of two points which then come back together and i think the the reason why it can feel slightly disjointed is that you you get the focus on the you know the mina and dracula kind of love subplot yeah but then you also get um the lucy kind of subplot where she's choosing her suitors and yeah. I actually thought that these the suitors were really well cast. So you had uh, Richard E. Grant yeah. as Doctor. Yeah, they're a, they're a stronger part. Carrie El- Elwes, I can Carrie Ills, yeah, from, from Saw, Saw, and lo- well, lots uh, of. And then Billy yeah. Campbell, who I wasn't, I don't know if I've yeah, really I've seen, seen it. I've seen him in quite a few roles and things like that. But effectively, so. you get you get you get Doctor, you get that, Lord, or you yeah. get Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Like three classes. They that's they. Well, they're fine. At the, like at first, I mean, they're they're not very clearly kind of like fleshed out to start with. But you get a lot more on Richard E. Grant's because he's obviously with he's um, with Renfield with yeah. Renfield, and you're getting some of those crazy scenes. And you know, and, and Richard E. Grant plays that a perfect. Like, I think Richard E. Grant plays really good. Um, he he he's really good. The the um, the Quincy, which is Billy Campbell, I think. Yeah. And then I can't actually remember what Lord Lord Halworth. Yeah. Yeah. Helmsworth. I got the cast here. Uh, Lord Arthur Holmwood. Holmwood. Yeah. Which are again these are characters that are are in the novels and never actually were really adapted before this. The same as the Demeter before this, they didn't really ever do the Demeter scene. So this is what I mean. He is bring. He is adapting scenes that hadn't been ever done before. They'd always been forgotten about or left aside because they didn't match the tone of Dracula they were going for, which was not really the novels Dracula anyway that they went for before. Um, so, so I I like those I like those characters especially more once Van 
Hellsing comes in. And that, that, when this that is where goes together, I that's love... where I think that's the strongest part. That's what raised the film back up when they got together as their little kind of group to yeah. start hunting. And that's where I think the slump comes in because you probably have a good maybe like 25, 30 minutes. Like I, I don't know, I, I love the film as a whole, but I find that when, uh, when you get the introduction of... Mina and Dracula and they go to like they go to the cinema together and then they go for some scran together yeah. I don't mind that so much but it's the the point where Lucy has been obviously you know Dracula starting to feed on her yeah and that's when Richard D. Grant's doctor like who was a suitor but also is a doctor he's yeah. like we need to bring in Sir Van Helsing well it's only when because <laughs> he doesn't say like we need to bring her in straight away no, you know it's he, like 15-20 minutes yeah, yeah. of it and then I, I agree. I think once we get Anthony Hopkins and once Van Helsing does come back in, mm. then I think the film starts to starts to go back up. Yeah. I do I do think there's that's a what I mean. there is there. yeah I do I do think it's it, it, it's quite a little slight there where and that's and that's part of it I guess is the because the slump mainly comes from the subplot yeah which is the love subplot and if if you're not feeling it if you're not yeah. into it then I can kind of see why some people and then this is a major contention I think from what I've seen for other people is that they really love the parts that are adapted and I think when he adapts the novel he does it really well yeah. when he does this it just doesn't seem quite as, as clear I just, I just don't think I don't think the reasoning is there enough for feeling like Mina is obsessed with Dracula yeah and there's a part of it where there's an allure or things like that, that you just think but I mean he I just don't, I, I, don't, I think they really take away there's a way that you can do it so he's alluring and drawn in and yes it's meant to be like a lost love and, uh, yeah. and none of that is in the novel so that's the part that's hard because they're now changing the character to match yeah. their subplot and I just think that there's a lot of stuff when we get in these in these kind of scenes where you know where he's you know he's being like a like a vulnerable kind of character but i just think it, it pushes it i'm fine with it being somewhat at some points because of his lost love and stuff like that but i just find that they just push it too far and the, the one that really i think is just i thought was fucking awful was when she goes to jonathan and he's crying over the letter that she's going back to her with Jonathan. She must go to her husband, and he's fucking crying. <laughs> and he's in a white suit. And he's in a white suit. Nah, that's and he's class. Cry, and he's crying. <laughs> oh! But but it's just oh, it's so over the top, and it's so fucking like. I mean, like the, there are two specific scenes where I was like, this is this just really is not like. That's not drag. That's not drag, and it's not because he's showing emotion. It's because of just the way he does it is just so not like. That's the point when they humanise the character so much yeah. that he just seemed weak. And and then he never really picks it back up for me. He does certain scenes and he changes form into the bat after this actually. But he does that and like there was also the weird fact that like he's he's meant to be crying onto a onto the letter and that blue ink runs. Yeah. But you can clearly see the, the tears that drop in are Blue. Blue or purple ink. It's just like, why is he, <laughs> why is like, he crying? And then in the next scene, he's like crying blood. And I was like, but none of that, neither one looked like blood. And it yeah. wasn't blood dripping down, it was ink dripping down. So it was like, but I mean, you're not being like, the, the Dracula it, no, crying I'm, over a love letter yeah. is a bit like. <laughs> no, like, I do. I, the man who's lived that long and then suddenly and has like a darkness and sort. And that, take him back to that first half an hour of him in the castle and the way he reacts and the love he gets of a baby being thing and suddenly yeah. it's like just cause, d yes it's the long last love but it's just 
that I just I just think those part I just think like I think there is a lot of good in this film when it's adapting the the book mainly to yes us. I just I just, it's just that bit it's that bit that really took me out of the film. and it just it, it, it that's the reason for this slump in the middle yeah and if you had cut out that love and had it more about her being chased after by Dracula but not being like you know like that's the one thing I think that would have fixed this film and it would have been great and it is there in the novel as well is Dracula is after her because Dracula secretly feeds on her in the yeah. book until he turns her. But you could have adapted that to be more like a, he's trying to maybe allure her in more, not yeah. the love lost plot. And he's trying to get her in and, and you know, and she is constantly just kind of, she's somewhat allured by him but also disgusted by him, which is what's kind of given in the novel, that she's interested by this character but also she loves Jonathan yeah. and that love bond is kind of shown through the letters and stuff like that. So she's, committed to him completely so she's not going to just suddenly turn on with Dracula and go like you're you're fucking fit prince yeah like you know what I mean like but so and if she'd slowly been drawn like like somewhat drawn into but not in that kind of for like love kind of way and if she was manipulated because he is like secretly like feeding on him to draw him I just think that would have been a far more interesting kind of interaction back and forth where it's kind of more like I don't know what would you call it gaslight or whatever (laughs) you know what I mean basically it's that kind of relationship I think would have formed a far more than, than trying to force it into the like the, the love that I've lost yeah. and I must regain like I just I think that I just think that that is the part that lets down some of the other stronger parts and it's also the part that because the one thing I know that lots of people and even people that like the film say the film is disjointed yeah it I've... just feels too many because he's trying to do the narrator in different parts which it's in itself is a style is yeah. going to feel disjointed which, you know, he's tried to adapt the novel though. So that's kind of true to the novel. That's fine. But I think this is what makes it feel so disjointed because you've got this middle bit holding it together of two different parts of the novel and you're yeah. fitted in this major subplot. And it just, I just don't think it quite works. No, I, I think it does. It, it kind of, it. I think there's, there are those scenes that make Dracula seem a, a little bit weak, especially compared to kind of what happens. And like you say, you know, for every... Uh, the the scene I'm thinking specifically the one you mentioned where he he does read the letter and then he is like crying and he just screamed like yeah. in like in a white suit and he's surrounded by candles. It's very like dramatic looking, and I I do love that he as a, a way of dealing with this and in revenge he then goes and he kills Lucy and he fully turns her. But it's almost like I think they could have just had him read the letter of Mina is, you know, is going back to Jonathan and as a retaliation he goes and kills Lucy turns yeah. it because that's a very think like... back to that turn that I said like when the, yeah. with the um, Jonathan Harker rape scene or whatever. yeah <laughs> that, the way he is in that the way he turns from like kind of sinister yeah. to then kind of taking enjoyment I, I think that kind of that could have gone from this love even if it was still the love plot to a sudden sinister kind of he reads it and the anger that builds up and then and that's like what, and that's what he does he then goes and he <clears throat> like you know he turns Lucy or he, he yeah. kills her and, and effectively she comes back as a vampire and I think that would be really they should have just had that because that is so it's very sinister it makes yeah. you realise that not only was he feeding on Lucy as a way of like getting his strength back but it was also a way to keep an eye on on Mina yeah. and then also as kind of like that bargaining chip of like well 
if I can't have you now, I'm going to kill everybody you love yeah. until it's just you. And until you have you no have other choice. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that does that's jumping the gun a little bit because before that, um, we do get Anthony Hopkins, you know, as, um, as Van, Van Helsing. Helsing. Yeah. I think he is fantastic as Van Helsing. Yeah. He's not quite Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, uh, he is, he's just fantastic. And well, I mean, we'll come to that one later, yes. but, um, talking of films that I don't actually think are that good. Van yeah. Helsing. We're talking <laughs> of films that I think are some of the best films of all time, Van Helsing. <laughs> so there you go. See, that's <laughs> a battle time hard. later. That's round we two. We will come back to Van Helsing later. But there's something, there is something I love about Van Helsing in this film and I think the first time I ever watched it I didn't like Van Helsing in this because I was like he's just a shit old man and now yeah. I watch it as a grown up as an adult yeah. I'm like I, I love that he is this he's a doctor and the main thing that he, he says to the three suitors who kind of become their own little characters and I like it the one thing I, I read about in the book is they have like a much closer bond Mm. The three suitors are all kind of actually friends yeah. and know each other, and they do get drawn together when Lucy's ill. They get the, drawn together the story, when she's ill. So. Um, but in the book, this I remember there being a chapter or a letter where she chooses Lord Holmwood as like uh, as his her suitor, yeah. and the others are like, "That's fine, you know, yeah. like don't worry about it." But you, you, you know, the best man won, and then Mark Quincy Morris is like you know there's always got to be a place for you around the fireplace to drink some whiskey and he's yeah, like yeah. we'll go riding out tomorrow and yeah. you you get a sense that there's camaraderie there before yeah um but going back to anthony hopkins as van helsing he's talking to them and obviously he's the doctor's like you know uh, mentor and he says about her being a vampire nosferatu this is what seems to be going on and he's like that's preposterous and he basically says like you're a scientist and you know a man of science do you not think that there's things that we don't you know we don't understand and we yeah. don't ex you know we don't know about outside of it and then he does that like <laughs> vanishing trick where he's like on the other side of the room like or like the other side of the field <laughs> behind yeah. smoke like do you not see <laughs> and he does also do a really funny line which i don't know if you picked up on but when um, when they you know they do blood tests and they do stuff on her and he sees like the bites in her neck, he's talking about uh, what she is and he he goes, um, she's the devil's concubine. Yeah, that's right. He is. This is the thing. Like it's it's not like it's not a serious performance in many ways. He is he is being full on Anthony Hopkins. But this is like the best kind of. Hammy, this is this, yeah. this is theatrical Anthony Hopkins. This is like his theatre background being like, I'm just going to throw it all at you and you can take whatever. And he's also a character, I love the fact that he's a character that just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And I, 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 that's pure, I, I feel like that's pure Anthony Hopkins. That's pure just like, he's taking the script and going, yes, but this is much better. That's what I think. I think Anthony Hopkins in some of these scenes has literally gone like, fuck it. Like the scene he says... Um, Oh, I can't. Oh, it's it's basically about taking Lucy's head, but he says it in a way like, "Well, that's a completely normal thing to do." I, I just need to take her head and yeah. investigate, it. and everyone else is like, "She's just died. Like she's just died." And he's like, 
Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> oh, I need her head. I need to check it. That's the scientific thing to do. Like, and then when, don't give a fuck if she's dead. She's dead. <laughs> when they're in the restaurant and they're like, so you killed Lucy. He's like, well, I'm, so you drove a stake through Lucy's heart. Yes, and then I cut off her head. Yeah. And I burnt her body. Yeah, just exactly. eating his He's just eating his steak. And like, who, yeah. who cares? That's why we... He is so he is just he's just a presence that I think is then needed and that that that, that that's what I related to like in the early scenes I think Gary Oldman is that presence that makes yeah. the film in the later part the second if I said like the second part of the film <laughs> or the third act of the film get, uh, Anthony Hopkins is the one that I think rises it when I feel like Gary Oldman has not actually got as much to do <laughs> like, he's got things to do in terms of changing being and stuff like yeah. that but generally I, I just think he's not got as much to do generally so I think Van Helsing character makes a very big impression here yeah um, he's so well done he, he is really he is really good in that kind of part um, the bit with Lucy where yeah. they do you know um, they go to her grave kind of at night and they pop you know they pop it open and um, Lord Homewood's like got his fucking shooter in Van Helsing's face and he's like what did you do to her body you know they see that the the, you know the graves yeah. missing, and that part is so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, I, like, she, I really like that. She I, comes downstairs in that kind of like white cloak. Oh yeah, she's got the child. She's got with a her. Child, this is just yeah, and the child's like, and they're crying. all just looking like what the fuck it's is so happening? fucking grim. But so yeah, terrifying. I mean, like you said before in, in the in the novel. Now, um, you know, as I said before, I do feel like a lot of the sadly one thing I do feel is that. As much as we have loads and we have a stacked cast of characters, I, I do just feel like we... I don't feel like we really get to form that much of a bond with a lot of these characters. I feel like they're kind of there. I don't know. I just didn't feel a connection to a lot. The Van Helsing I did towards it, and when we get the camaraderie before, between yeah. the suitors... And and that part, I think we do somewhat feel, feel that kind of thing. Because after yeah. they do it, I think they bond through Lucy, which I think is actually quite a good yeah. part. Um, that they bond around her and therefore in this scene you see that kind of joint together of like what have we had to do to her and then they're like oh she is alive again and they're kind of amazed but you can kind of see it in each of the actors like especially I think I think I noticed Richard E. Grant and Carly used their two characters obviously he was going to be there but Richard E. Grant's the one that most seemed to maybe be in love with her of any of them and you see this kind of moment in their brain of like a maybe we can still have her maybe yeah. we can still save her and very quickly obviously Van Helsing is like yep so we need to fucking, <laughs> her, fucking stake her. her and fucking take the head yeah and, and they're all like thinking and I think you see that grief on Richard E. Grant's more than Eddie because you're just like fuck what and Richard no. E. Grant's such a good actor he know? is he, he's a great actor he's really underrated yeah yeah, so he's like, I'm, I'm glad in the last few years he's actually had a resurgence in the last yeah. few years because, yeah, he was he was kind of being pitted into these like non roles for like quite a while. Like, it, like people thought, oh, he's just Richard E. Grant. He's he's people acted like what is it? Richard E. Grant, Hugh Grant, and uh, Rupert Everett, three actors who always seem to basically like people would just go, they're just the posh British guy. But yeah, that's all they can do. They that's can't they get can anything do. out. And and uh, not, I don't, don't know so much about Rupert Everett, but. <laughs> Hugh Grant and um, and um, uh, Richard D. Grant in the last few years have both had a lot of different roles that have been like they can be different. They can yeah. be, they don't just have to be that you know bumbling. And there are people out there that probably still believe that we British are basically just Hugh Grant or Richard D. Grant characters. We are yeah. like a bumbling like a uh, oh, oh you, you know I I do yeah. love you so <laughs> yeah you know or we're just people that walk around in top hats and uh, and, and have a, a cane and be yeah. like uh, yes 
You, clean our shoes, you dirty peasants. Coincidentally, we do have our top hats and yeah. canes with us. Yeah. Well, that's just purely coincidence. Not because it, we're it's a casual wear. It's a casual wear, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's really nice to have seen a resurgence for him where he's getting a lot of roles in like different kinds of films and dramatic films and seeing how good he can be. And he is he is really good in this film. Um, and this whole scene is really good. Like, you know, they quickly snatch away at the child. Yeah. Jesus Christ, like, get that child out of here. And then... Um, get this traumatised child yeah. out of here. Leave yeah, it, it just is, yeah. Dark taking, taking her down, and it's, 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 it's bloody. Yeah. Like, like, hammering it down into her chest and, like, then... Is it is Van Helsing who takes the head, isn't it? Is yeah. It Van Helsing? Yeah, I was going to say. But it's Richard E. Grant's doctor who's the one who hammers it. No, in. it's Doc. Oh, it's, it's uh, Lord, Carrie. The Lord Helms. Helms. Oh, yeah, Helms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lord Arthur. He's because yeah. uh, Van Helsing does the uh, crucifix and the blessing. Yeah. And she kind of crawls back into the, the coffin, which is good. Yeah. And then Lord Arthur drives the stake through. And then Van Helsing's like, womp. Yeah, he's, he's not even hard about. Fuck, he's like there. She, he's like, it's like a moment of reflection. It's like, oh my god, what have I just done? It's like, oh fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> here's the head. Yes, that's good. <laughs> we'll but check this. I think yeah, and this is what I mean. I think like after, after that kind of mid slump where it's still like Lucy's starting to fall ill, and you're getting more of the ex, you know, exploration between Mina and uh, Vlad. And before, you know, Jonathan Harker comes back, there is that little bit of a slump. And then I think it really starts to pick up as we as we work towards the end. Yeah. Jonathan Harker comes back. He's had, you know, six months of his balls just being drained. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fuck. Non-stop, yeah. It's non-stop. And he, he manages to, like, escape and get to the monastery. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's, you know, he's got his grey hair. That's what I mean. That, and like we said before, that bit of hall was kind of glossed over. And it didn't even feel like there was... Much, much really even given to his whole escape. Like in the novel, I'm sure that's a that's a pretty major part when he actually managed to write about how he yeah he managed to free himself and get and like what torturous it was. And in this case, it's just like you just suddenly see that he's kind of got out and he's just yeah, like he's just oh, I'm just gonna get into this. I'm gonna get. Into, I can I can escape this way as they're, yeah. they're taking all of. Yeah, when they were doing the crates of mud and like earlier in the film, and so like he saw opportunities, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. You really. saw them t- like yeah, that's what I mean. We've had occasional spots, but that's what I mean. Keanu is like not in like a, b- a the, big the portion act. of this film. No, he just no. comes back and he's got grey hair. And he's Whereas, like, I think in the, the novel count. he spattered throughout his kind of letters and the fact he's still co- because Mina's still contacting him. Yeah, she's not like, oh, well, I kind of want to fuck this guy instead. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really sure. care about you, right? Until. She's like, now that he's free, I can go back to you and all of this shit that happens around yeah. it. But yeah, and then obviously that is followed by him being back and having his grey hair and looking yeah. looking drained to the day. But nothing else is drained about him apart from his grey hair. His grey hair and his balls. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. His balls are just so, shriveled down so to nothing. Shriveled. <laughs> and he's so mashed that he's he's walking like he's got saddle sore. You know? Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, in this in this context, also you get the. Um, you get vampire hunters, you know that that kind of track starts to play throughout now. Yeah, and that is a bagging track, you know. That's the word I was humming before <laughs> we uh, before we started recording. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, that's um, it's a weird. This is what I mean. Like that's what I mean. I've, I found I found parts that I, I I do like. I do like the early parts. I, I do find a big slump. I do think that you know, as I said, certain characters are kind of off and miscast and not yeah. quite there. 
and I, I do find a little bit about the scripting or general like um, I just I just feel that there's for a film of the length of that time which was a, like a fairly long film at the yeah, time you know at the time um, for the most part uh, I, I don't feel that the depth is given to some of the characters and I'm not saying that that depth is necessarily there but when you've got a book where a lot of it is all about from their perspective and into their characters it's, yeah. it feels a bit underwhelming when you've got characters who are not really giving you much else I mean Jonathan Harkin is bland yes wouldn't maybe but we do know quite a bit about him and we know fuck all about him in this version I don't think yeah, <laughs> we no, don't I really agree. get much depth to him um, and then because Mina's is not so much of the tormented and um, disgusted being allured by this Dracula like character instead we've got the love angle it's not quite the same kind of character so Renona Ryder half the time just seems like a character who's kind of just in a a daze of yeah. being meant to be in love or being forced to be in love or whatever way you take yeah. her love um, so it just is a, like a lot of those which is why I think because Anthony Hopkins say Van Helsing is so like just out there with it he's the one character I think you're drawn to because you feel like you know more about him because he's not hiding anything he's saying it out loud whatever the fuck he's thinking kind of yeah. thing and you get that nice bond between them which is why I think they those parts help as we build into that kind of final kind of you know act obviously we get the scene with Mina and Dracula when he is trying to chain like when he's giving in to the idea he must turn her into an eternal life but at the yeah. same time then when he does goes to do it he he fights it and he's like I cannot change you into this which is showing that conflict it is the one scene I think that does show that kind of conflict in his brain that it is a curse to him yeah um, but like I said before I think the problem for me is that in a lot of the rest of the film it doesn't feel like it is a curse to him so yeah. therefore him suddenly being like it's a curse like I just I di didn't get that sense from the castle at the beginning that this was a horrible curse that I'm stuck with and I didn't get it when he was in London the rest of the time with her well, I think because it was all lovey scenes of like watching things and doing things together and I think from my interpretation or my understanding is that he very much you know um by the time we see him in the castle it's been like maybe 400 years of him living with this curse you know and the life yeah. that he lives there is very much like just drink drink blood have the brides and he's you know i wouldn't say that he's comfortable with it but he's very aware of like the terror that he has on the area the people he has in his thrall and then when he gets to London and he sees Mia, Mina, I think he's very much like, I. part of it is, yes, maybe we could live forever together, but we're, all, we're always going to be like in need of blood and we're, we're living, we'll be living like a half-life forever together, you know? Yeah. We won't be living a proper human life. Where you uh, get yeah. to appreciate it's kind of a weird one. Yeah, I, 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 I do I do get that. I just think if they wanted to push the whole curse thing then they they just really could have shown more of Gary Oldman's character kind yeah. of the downsides or the problems or the like and they don't really give us that like so much. He he mainly seems very much in control of his life kind of thing. Yeah. He seems quite happy going around. So therefore when he's doing this conflict and, and this is another scene that I just because as I said before, in the novel, you know, he comes to London because he's in Transylvania, he's had this fear and everyone is acting in this weird way because he is very much almost a presence of fear and darkness within yeah. the land. 
And in the novel, it, the idea kind of is that he's coming to London in order to now spread that fear. He wants to have that kind of, yeah. you know, if he is interpreted by like Vlad the Impaler, then it's more of the the fact that he wanted to take over, kind of, you yeah. know, control in land and, you know, that kind of more of that kind of, uh, you know, emperor of a land and I'm going to control the world kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of what's there. But because it's so much focuses on Mina and Vit, it none of that kind of fear apart from being in this very small group it doesn't feel like you know a, apart from that bit when he first gets off the ship and we see like all of the the way that the animals react and stuff like yeah. that but apart from that it doesn't feel like london as a whole starts to become a really like horribly changed or gothic place because of him and that's yeah. kind of that darkness spreading and that like way that it changes and the way you can manipulate people and take people it just doesn't feel like it's there because you're they're focused yeah. so much on, on the love story. You only really get it in the asylum, don't you? Yeah. Which looks fucking bogging. Yeah, uh, that looks fucking insane. Like that, it looks like that's one place because of his link to Renfield, but it, it's it's getting through those linked people yeah. in the story. It's only the ones that serve the story where we slightly feel it. But it would have been nice in general if the rest, because the rest of London doesn't look like it changed. And one thing no, I would have loved really. Coppola to have done is kind of just show a bit more of the darkness changing around with him being around that would have at least added an element of that story yeah. in the background where you could have focused on the love fine like if that's what the way they want to go with it but you could have just had like a bit more of a you can see them changing or people kind of changing or because when they first come in you've got like the paper boy like ha quite happily like trying to yeah. sell papers and you've got people going about their business that shot when he first meets her it would be interesting if like you know if we went back to that kind of thing and actually the streets look much duller and much more lifeless yeah. and like they feel that the same kind of streets or like a Jack the Ripper kind of you know there's, a, there's something terrifying yeah. in the streets and we don't want to be out in it that way yeah it would be cool you know that, that just to give that foreboding but I feel like all of that foreboding that fear of Dracula is not really here because it is so focused on the love story on yeah. the love story which is why I kind of, it just kind of feels a little bit like I think Coppola at this point kind of lost the point of no I, I think there is particularly and, during that middle there's so much focus on the love story you know and uh, again it's it's his interpretation it's his uh, he's not you know but it, you know he he's trying to do a close adaptation but he's also trying to do it in his own way you know yeah. and, that, and that, that that's fine for that I just I, I it's just maybe it's that and it is the case of for a general movie goer they maybe might prefer it, it without without any knowledge of the novel or things like that it might work way better and that is yeah. a sticking point you know if you know the book that's going to change your perspective in any case you know what yeah. I mean and that does screw me a little bit but at the same time when I first watched it at uni I watched the film before I read the book oh. I did it the other way around yeah. <laughs> so I didn't like it and I didn't like the love plot and I thought that part didn't work and then when I read the novel I was like this doesn't work even, this, this, even yeah. more this backs up my idea of why yeah. I didn't think that worked so I think that there is you know I'm not just taking it purely from a, I read the book and it's like that. I just didn't think it kind of worked and lots of things I do think work more now but I think also that scene of him I don't know. I just I, it, this. I said there were two scenes that really stuck with me of yeah. him feeling too humanized and things. One was the letter, and the other one is this this scene when he's trying to give her the blood and he's trying yeah. to do that. She and sucks it, his nipple. <laughs> sucks, well, but it's the bit. It's, it's not so much that bit when he's like she's feeding off of him because there's kind of a a weird kind of grotesque kind of yeah. set, you know weirdness to that scene, which is fine. A kind of an odd, you know, throws you off a bit, feels a bit uncomfortable kind of thing, which is fine. It's the bit before it when he he's acting like a kind of like a like a kind of lovesick puppy like I, I can't do this you don't want to know I'm the man of darkness yeah. I'm the man that leads me and he's like turning away from her in this very dramatic style like and 
I don't know if it's Gary Oldman going into theatre mode or something like that. It's a very theatre like turn away from you and no, I will not look and it feels. But when it's on screen, it, it it just again it makes you think of something like a like a I don't know like a teenage rom com when someone's yeah. like oh no I cannot. But when the words he's saying is that people like all all of men want to kill me and all of it and that's not the feeling I'm getting from you right now man because you just look like someone who's like oh no I must not you must not do this to me you know you, I am the darkness of men I am the fear of it and they're just like you're just like you're really not right now mate. you're you're not you're making me less scared of you by the moment which this scene is followed by a really awesome scene of yeah. the way of looking um, but well, I, just, I just think that that, 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 that part again it just it over humanizes him. I, I guess it's trying to lead into that gothic romanticism. Yeah. Isn't it? it it's know, trying to it do that. Melodramatic yeah. and it is over the top. Some know? of this somewhat, I gotta be honest, some of this somewhat feels a bit more Mary Shelley's Frankenstein than well, it does Bram Stoker's Dracula. It, it feels like they've kind of taken a bit of that kind of well, like. That was after. What, what? You mean the, the film? The film, yeah. The film, yeah. yeah. But in the book, there's a little bit of a yeah, context a, of more of a love, like, yeah, the wife. And so, there, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I mean, I feel like a little bit like he's, film, he's taken yeah. from Frankenstein a little bit more yeah. to be like a, a tra- the, the wife and the thing and that kind of love part. I feel very much like they've kind of taken elements of many authors of that time and kind of led them together to come up with this kind of part of the story. And part of the tragedy. Because that part kind of somewhat works in the whole, not, not friends, but, um, you know, Dr. Frankenstein not yeah. the monster um, and his wife and the way that he tries to save her and stuff like that melodramatic kind of part is there in that a bit yeah. more but it's not it's not in Bram Stoker's Dracula and I don't know why and this, but this is something of the character that has now been taken and turned into that love and you know yeah, you no, can blame it's... Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> for Twilight <laughs> yeah well I guess that is I guess it, it's try to make them a slightly more tragic yeah, and it's, Creature, it's, it is, it? as I said, it's a trying to, in somewhat, like, change them or, or maybe even he was trying to modernise. Maybe modernise or humanise Bring them, something maybe. to it. Definitely I, I just think there is a point when it's a character that's a, like a lurking presence that takes yeah. over. There is a point when it's like, you humanise them too much. Yeah. You've taken that. And it's also because there, there's quite lengths between him feeling like he's doing much that's actually terrifying or horrifying. That's I, the other thing. I, I, I wish there wasn't such that. big gaps in I the like middle the, I like that part because I do like when he is saying, you know, that F, you know people want to destroy him and he's the darkness that lives within people. I really like that scene, but I agree. I think apart from the weirdness that's been happening with Lucy, his quite vengeful killing of her, I would have liked it if there was a bit more terror mm. from Dracula's presence in London, like you've already yeah. said. That would, I feel like, would give him more justification because it's very much like he gets to London and he's laying pipe, you know? That's like, what that's I mean. I, I, after. Like, and again, going back to the curse thing, it would have been really good if, you know, you see almost a bit more of that. I would have been more into the emotion if you're seeing that the fact that he needs to feed would yeah. have been a bit better because we never really, I don't get the feeling that he like needs to. And I would have liked a little bit more of that because I think that would have given more of the curse. And that's, you know, I yeah. need to. I have to do this. I love Mina, but I have to. I have to continue to feed. I have to be away from you. I have to do this. I, I have to like. Murder. And I, you know, and I don't know if they... going back to that beginning, the idea that actually maybe he doesn't want to be stuck as this. Yeah. But actually, he's forced to be. But it's just not a plot thread that's there no. that I think would have made it again. It would have made a lot of things work better if it was just there weaved throughout. And I don't know whether they hint at it because when he. You know, when he's crying over the letter, he's the sexual man. 
And then when he goes to kill Lucy, mm. he is very much the old count. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like that weird the split thing. personality. The, the split, yeah. like his different personas are meant to reflect those. It, they Maybe. could be. It's a it you, know, be, that would, you know that would that would that would somewhat work. It just it's just about how you're showing it off, and I think how you weave it. I throughout. think I think Coppola is really good here, like 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 visually, and he throws a lot of things into it, but. I just don't think that his vision was completely clear here. I think he wasn't quite like yeah. he didn't write it either, so it's a kind of taking someone else's yeah. and then putting his vision onto it. I just think that it's a little bit of a you know, it feels like he thought of oh I could do this cool thing for this night. It kind of makes me think of like a, a Zack Snyder film <laughs> where like he's like oh <laughs> this bitch, this would look awesome and this yeah. would look cool. And then, but and then it's like, but what about the overall story that's running through it? It's like, yeah, that kind of works. <laughs> but this bit, well, look, I'm not saying he, I mean, he's not to that level at no. all. But I'm just saying, like, there's a little bit here where it feels like he keeps throwing these awesome, visu- like, cool visuals and stuff at it, without necessarily thinking maybe I need to spend a little bit more time on the character yeah. than I do on like this, like, thinking about what, how can I make this scene look cool? Well, yeah. Well, why don't we move on to kind of the, the last couple of scenes? The, yeah. the one where... They... The third act, as I said before, I think the first act's pretty strong. Yeah. And the third act's pretty, like, pretty strong because this is... this The third act is mainly, for the most part, actually pretty much adapted from the book. Yeah. Which is about the whole, like, them They're going kind out of racing to after him, yeah. hunt him kind of thing, which... I you know I'd actually forgot that part. So when I look back at the plus part, I was like, I forgot that that part happens in the thing. Yeah. It just seemed too much like an action scene to be in like an original novel. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But actually, it is the whole like you know you've got all of them on the horses chasing after them, and you've got the whole back because they're kind of chasing their way back after obviously the awesome bat scene of him like I'm going. Which is incredible. Them. They yeah. go to Carfax Abbey, and um, you know because they Mina does have that link with him. So they go to car. They find that he's, you know, sleeping at Carfax Abbey, and you know, Jonathan, because he handled all of the paperwork, knows exactly where that is. Yeah. You know, they're crushing all of, smashing all of his boxes, and we see him in that kind of monstrous bat form, which looks fucking class. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Then they have kind of like a little scrap um, where he basically tells him that he's, he's. He's basically says to John Harker, "I fucked Mina." You know? <laughs> Effectively, like you, you can fuck, you've got a gun, but I've just I nutted in her. You yeah. know, like you, you can shoot me, you can't get rid of the nut. Yeah, and he, you know he does shoot him, uh, and then you get this fuck. I I forgot that this scene was in it, and I thought it was fucking incredible. And that's when you know Dracula goes back into the darkness, and yeah. you see like the red eyes, and then he just like. It drops into like a swarm of rats and runs out. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, a yeah. Fucking incredible yeah, yeah. effect. I, I really liked that. Yeah, I, I liked that scene. I, I wish actually we'd got him a little bit more or more of a death scene with him in that bat form because that's fucking awesome. The bat, that be, yeah, that would have been scary as fuck if you I had that, thought they killed that form in the yeah. shadow. Like imagine that in like the fucking shadows with the red eyes and like, some kind of scene. That would be fucking. Insane. I always thought that's when they killed him. I forgot that after. They that, go on the yeah. They go on the hunt. Well, I across, complete yeah. As a, like book or film, I yeah. complete. I was like, well, this is like a lot more action packed than I yeah. remember. But I thought it was just kind of a. They finally hunt him down to like a you know, and they just kill him, but in that different way. But yeah, uh, but the the changes, like I said before, I love the way that they do use that kind of the fact that he's because most people always just think of bat, yeah, just bat. 
they think Dracula turns into a bat form yeah. and that's it but the way that they use that actually he, he takes all forms and he takes different forms and he can yeah. take different animal forms and he is animalistic in a lot of ways you know his, it's as if his body has found any way to survive it will survive yeah. it kind of it'll adapt to whatever it needs which is a really cool feature of the character that's what I mean it has some really cool elements in that like these that Coppola I think has thought about that's what I mean he's thought of, like well that'd be cool <laughs> yeah and that monstrous <laughs> bat just looks fucking incredible man. yeah you know but yeah and then we get to obviously then that all leads to the we need to hunt and we need to use Mina's like she yeah. can help us to lead which again that is in the book but just not in the context of like not forcing her because oh yes and she's still the whole time like I need to go to my love I need to go to my love yeah. in the, the book it's much more of a you know like she's going to help them it's more of a almost more revenge than it is yeah. the right thing which I, I think for the ending here a revenge subplot would have worked better would've than better. the than where it, with where it goes because where it goes at the very end doesn't quite work as well because it's not a revenge subplot yeah. um, but anyway we got I, I really like the scenes of them like it looks really cool it's a really cool shot it's you know because you've got Quincy on the, the thing with his fucking revolver and his cowboy hat it, it does feel very like western yeah, style mixed with gothic yeah, it's a nice blending because you've got like gothic backgrounds of like you know like it, it, at first it is kind of like uh, deserty but then it suddenly turns as they get close like to the, the mountain castle, range yeah, yeah it turns more into gothic and more into like kind of darkness and shadows yeah. and clouds and stuff like that and it's a really cool blending and you've got them like fighting and they're fighting like the Sherpas like off of the like, yeah. like throwing them off the mountain and like, like Indiana Jones yeah it's it's a really cool shot sequence and you get um, um, obviously Van Helsing you know gets seduced by by Mina and then the bride the, brides. You know, the brides and the scene where they're like ripping his horse to pieces is class you know I really fucking yeah the, the ripping the horses is, is properly like oh fuck like yeah. that's because he like protects himself with a ring of fire and yeah he's trying to control Mina the best that he can by trying to be like I'm on your side but um, yeah and after that I really fucking love the fact that it doesn't even like give much context no it literally just goes oh and it, by the way he suddenly travelled to wherever the brides were and he's fucking ripped off I think well he's he's at the castle isn't he yeah well he goes he's waiting like, for her he does, there yeah. he just walks into but it's the just castle the fact he just walks in, in you just see womp 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 and he's out of it and, like it ha- happens so quickly from like you killed my fucking horse yeah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I, uh, but that's weirdly that works perfectly does, with the context it? of him the, yeah. the character he's made that's so like it doesn't really matter it's just like I managed to find you you're fucking dead Good yeah guy. just no fucks given walking off of their heads just down like fuck it yeah <laughs> eating them down the cliff um, and, and, and these things I, I didn't what, one bit uh, the only one bit in that part I didn't quite like was I liked when this is the part when I did like Winona Ryder um, because she's quite good at playing that kind of hazy, crazy kind of yeah. girl, um, and, and this is where she's very uncertain of everything and going for crazy. I didn't like the whole um, her using her powers in order to stop them. I thought that scene looked a bit off. Which is again, it's all special effects anyway. But she, like, you know, she gets the green rings around her. Oh, she's yeah. sending out a. It, it's only a, a minor kind of part of it, but she uses it, and it, it's 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 like she's trying to help Dracula yeah. the other way around because. That it then causes them. That's when that is when followed by the what causes it. Kind of is partly implied that because it's all thrown off and he gets distracted for a moment. Quincy gets the knife in the back. Yeah. So he kind of like it's kind of part of that scene. So she's kind of technically helped. Yeah. Um. Which yeah. So that 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 kind of, that was the only one bit when it was like it went from her being like mad to then suddenly she's like powerful sorceress of Dracula like I have the power to help yeah. you I will get to my you won't stop us kind of thing I don't know why I just like it was like I, it just felt 
out of place suddenly it was like the rest of it worked like you're using her to lead you to him you're yeah. forcing her to go there and when we get there um the only my only ever gripe with this ending part is again the, the fact and i i know he's been gravely injured but it's the fact that there's and in the original novel it's much more simplified than this it's basically just they go they they find his resting place and then they fucking yeah. lop his head off. Yeah. They they stake him and lop his head, and that's brilliant. But that, you know, there's not a lot of so, you know, they have the whole chase to it, but once they get him to that point it is like a, a lopping, you know, take yeah. your head off kind of uh, and that's not uh, Mina doing that kind of thing. It's just they managed to stop him. But there's not really much there's no fight in Dracula at this point anymore. Like he's just kind of he, when he tries, he's be, he's being like moved around in the thing and just kind of like in the middle of all the the, the, the sherpas. He looks a bit boxed and he's in a decrepit, more decrepit form than I yeah. think he has been at all. Because um, now he's got long hair, he's a long not, not his hair done up as his beautiful little, yeah. his beautiful style. Um, but I, I don't, like a little, like a little bit when they're all on the courtyard and they're like that kind of thing, which looks like the setup for some kind of like kung fu movie where they're it about does, to start, yeah. start fucking like let's do this. But I just it it just didn't feel like it like this it just added onto my kind of that he's just like that's just why I felt he just felt a bit weak as like a I know he's meant to be damaged and hurt by the like he's being injured at this point kind of thing yeah but it just kind of felt like he was just kind of it didn't take a lot to get him and then to no. get him through the doors and well I mean I I quite like it because they build the tension for him for the sun setting yeah, yeah and yeah. then the second that the sun sets you know he bursts out of the box yeah um, and then. There is. He tries to get in the castle, and yeah. then he gets his fucking throat slit. Oh, yeah, and then stabbed. Yeah, yeah. that's. It's just that one bit, like the, the I, liking personality and stuff like that, and just that. But it just, it just feels very. Like, it does feel it's quick. So easy. If you're gonna, I just meant like in the original. I can't take that back to the original novel because in the it is quick in the original novel. But if you're gonna try and make it a little bit more action packed, it feels like maybe this is a chance to show that he is quite powerful especially if you're implying he's yeah. maybe Vlad the Impaler then maybe this is the point where we add a little bit more of an action somewhat part to it to just make it a little bit more but like even though he puts up a bit of a fight he just seems very easy he throws slit and it's like yeah now you're fine like get inside the castle it's and... a really tricky one I think it's... because you obviously in the in the original book they just find his resting place and they and they yeah. kill him uh but I also, you know, I read Salem's lot recently, and that effectively has the same ending. They just they find Barlow, and if I remember correctly, they stake him just before he wakes up. And you can, you know, you can build you can build tension uh, with that. You know, yeah. in in Salem's lot, all of the other vampires are slowly starting to wake up and surround um, Ben Mears when he does stake Barlow. And then they don't instantly all crumble to dust or anything. They actually enter into like mourning, um, and he manages to escape. And I think it's a tricky one because you don't because we got to also remember that like it's not it's not an action film. Yeah. So you don't. I mean, I, I don't it, yeah. want it to be an action. That's no. what I mean. I would have been quite happy if you just went with the original book and and just made it more simplified. But it's more because I think this the film does somewhat like he's got forces trying to stop him, but. The, this this film makes it somewhat feel like it's building up to something with them and Dracula yeah. once they meet and it, it, that's why I just feel it is more the way that they've done it it makes it feel like it's building to something and then it's like okay so we're not just going to the thing so you've got him there but it just felt like another reason to that's all I meant is I just wanted Dracula to maybe show a little bit of what he's capable of because it just feels a bit like he's just 
he's just kind of there. Like he just kind of gets out and he try he tries to do something and he fails and then that's it. <laughs> See, I like it because I think it's he dies very much on the steps. You know. Yeah. It's like I think I feel like there's something if they'd have followed him to his resting place and got him. I think it would. I don't think it would have hit as well. But I think the idea is that he can get into his castle. Yeah. Once he's in his castle, he can regroup his powers. You know, yeah. and it's that they get him before he gets in. You know, because because to him, like the steps are just behind him. He has people fighting. Yeah. Why fight and risk that when he can go in? And then he gets. You know. Yeah. He gets taken down. And I, it's Quincy I think it just fucking it, stakes him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. That's what I mean. Quincy. Uh, Quincy's a cool character. <laughs> yeah. By that point. Right. Um, it's just to yeah. It it just is more like he. I get. I I get that he get wants to get inside and things like that. I think it, it's not so much reflective of this ending. I think I would have been perfectly fine. I think it just for me is the fact that I felt that his character had been on a quite slow yeah. and not very like terrifying, yeah. quite weak kind of descent. And then this didn't really feel like it did anything to give me an extra kind of fear of Dracula. Yeah, and then it's like he's like you're gone. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and then we obviously get Mina dragging him inside. Yeah, in trying to help him, and then realizing that she must kill him, and then staking him through, which you get the kind of the cool like going straight through him into the into the ground to the steps. Um, and then and then taking his head, which uh, I already kind of said said a second ago. I I think. At the same time, that works and understands that the reasoning I couldn't fully see because she was so obsessed with him and the love yeah. and stuff like that. I couldn't quite see what like in like I could understand if she wanted to get back at him or wanted the revenge like she did in the thing because he'd been slowly like draining her and forcing her, yeah. and she forced him to do like force he forced her to do things in the like the novel that you kind of hear of. Yeah. Um, whereas here it felt she felt so obsessed and loved with him that it didn't really it kind of came out of the blue and I get the kind of the love lost the torment there was a point when I actually I thought I'd missed it so I went back because I was like wait a sec when she slices his head off I didn't see the the first time and I was like she then put the blade into herself as in like a kind of Romeo and Juliet kind of thing she dies with him Um, which again I thought at that point I was like well it's not like I mean I can't see why Jonathan would be like yeah, I'll have you back. Yeah. Well, so it's like, it was like, you might as well just fucking, like, I was like, is, that would be more interesting if you did. If you were like, I've killed my love, but now I will join him in yeah. death or whatever it is. Um, but instead, she's just kind of there and it's kind of outside and it's like, Quincy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Quincy's dying, sadly. And um, yeah, and then that's it, isn't it? They, yeah, they just say, I think they do want to, like, does it go, because in the novel it goes, for, and Jonathan and Mina have a baby and they call it Quincy. Oh no! That's in the, in the novel. It's, okay. That's what happened. That's what like that. I was that bit didn't happen because in this one, I'm pretty. Much, I'm left on the idea that you guys aren't working out. You're not getting. No, that's me. It's quite like a sad ending for. Everyone's everybody. just kind of like, yeah. It's just like oh, Quincy's dead. Quincy's dead. We haven't got that. Lucy's dead. Lucy's dead. You're dead. You know, and it yeah, and it it just stops. And, and then, then it's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just think that Mina now has effectively the life that Dracula had. Cause yeah. She her love's now dead, but she drank the blood, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So which, now, is, which I think is the difference because in the novel she doesn't read yeah. the blood, so she's not in that form. So yeah, it's just Dracula two and her Dracula two. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I that's the know. one they need to make now. They come back to it like decades later. Yeah. Now Renona Ryder can play, can play her version of the Bride of Dracula or whatever you yeah. want it to be. Um, yeah, they kind of left that. Yeah, that's it, it. Just it just leaves that all open again, doesn't it? To be yeah, like, which is kind of why I was just like, yeah, it, it would have left it. It could have kind of would have finished it off if you just had her die. Then yeah, that's have her of, die. <laughs> yeah, just have her die. Yeah, I mean, have her. We we want blood, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess that brings us to. The uh, to the final question. I mean, I'll go first because we like to keep people in suspense. Uh, going into it, everybody knows that I fucking love this film. Still do. Um, do I think it's musty horror? Yes. Um, I think it was a very. I mean, I said to you, I think it's a very important film for horror because until you know, until after this, I don't think there was horror had quite reached as bombastic and as prestigious heights as this don't get me wrong there are i think there's definitely better horror movies but i think in in terms of like the actors that they had associated with it the set pieces the set design the score it all just melding together i mean i think it might have been one of the only or first horror film to have won an oscar you know um i think it took for the score, was it? Um, we will check. We probably should have done it <laughs> before. Uh, but, you know, it, it's like... Uh, I think it's such a grand film that I really think it, you know, it elevated horror. You know, I think it did really well. Um, I, I can't find which one. Is it, is it Academy Awards? Academy Awards, yeah. It won Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Art Direction and it won for Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Best Sound Editing. Yes. Still won Oscars. <laughs> it, won, it won Oscars it, it, for the uh, for the the, the, the minor categories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think like the I think you know the production design. As I said, the production design, the score, all of those things, the makeup and stuff like that are are for the most part uh, very good. I mean, Gary Oldman's wig at one point is very questionable. Not oh, the, yeah, not, the open, not the opening wig actually. I mean the one in London. Oh, that yeah. wig is a bit questionable. There's, there's also it a seems part... to change his forehead seems <laughs> to change position. At some points it's further back than it is further forward. There's also a part where, you know, um Keanu Reeves when he confronts Dracula in bat form, his hair is like grey it's like a clearly grey wig yeah, and then yeah. the next shot it's just like they dyed it a little bit yeah and some scenes it just looks like it's slightly like flowered. slightly flowered yeah <laughs> yeah but I think it, I think like you could you could probably make a point that this is one of the first elevated horror movies you know mm. like or... you could you could take somebody to watch this and after they'll be like I really enjoyed that and you could say yeah it was a good horror film and they'd be like Yes, that was actually a good horror film. I don't usually watch them, you know? Yes. Which, you know, we build suspense because we clearly knew that I think it is must-see horror. <laughs> now we go over to the man himself. There and the go. question is, is it must-see must see horror? horror? As in, in top 100 horror films. Um, I don't know. I've got... So I kind of related back. So like I was looking at it, like looking at it from different. As I said, I've enjoyed parts more than I did last time. So that's good, you know, yeah. a little bit better. Um, but you know, I mean, like I said before about the film, like 
a lot of people sound like about it, like gained a cult status and yeah. is one of the more successful films to in both many of the definitive like and is seen as like the definitive Dracula adaptation of novel yeah. you know for many people um, it does stay true to most parts of the books while deviating and adding many additional parts that therefore also change the story of the novel so and that's kind of part of my kind of problem at the same time is the fact that it both adapts but it also changes many things and many of the additional parts I believe are like the problem with the film like I think that the stuff that Cowpill has added or the writers added has therefore affected you know um, the Dracula character I, I think that he is generally in the opening scene he is a terrifying creature creation in the opening half an hour odd after that not really I think he's quite like generally I, I, I don't do think I think Gary Oldman's fantastic and I but I also think that Gary Oldman with better material could have done a better Dracula than we have here I don't think he's the definitive Dracula at all Interesting. I think maybe in the opening we could say that maybe actually he could be but I then think after that I think it doesn't the character doesn't even feel like Dracula to me it feels like a weaker lesser character um you know, I, I think he's less scary and less interesting and I think only enforced this like loveless Dracula which I just think he's not really in the novel and he's a creature that doesn't you know, in the cre he's not really a creature that appears that if he can have love. He's the creature that draws other people in, but he's not a creature that loves. Um he you know, he wants for things, but he doesn't want love. <laughs> and um although in many ways it's faithful, like I'm still wait but yeah I'm still waiting for an actually good adaptation of okay. Dracula I think I, I, I think it made me reflect <laughs> on kind of overall that you know there's not really been there's been some really cool films about Dracula but there's not been a truly great adaptation of Dracula I don't believe interesting I think it's just I think you can take parts of the novel but it's a bit hard if you kind of miss the point of the character that you're kind of leading on and I think it misses the point and it it also under achieves with several of the characters and several of the main characters Jonathan yeah. Harkin is a main character in the book and he's basically nothing in this film Mina's story is completely changed and if you take two of the main main characters <laughs> and you change it then it's not quite and then if Dracula's not the way that Dracula is kind of talked about for most of the film then you know when you say it's a faithful adaptation it, it has a lot of the characters in it it has the story points but it doesn't seem to get the characters okay. or get the motivation so that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my take on him you know and we've already talked about him being love lost and crying and you know <laughs> um, you know I'm not saying that that part doesn't make it an interesting idea though and I understand on the other side that this was maybe a chance to modernize Dracula yeah. and kind of make it you know more interesting to like a new audience and things like that and try to find a way to kind of bring people in and it's kind of trying for like a surrealist and somewhat campy kind of styling to it um, so you know it, it's but I think it's just not Dracula to me. Okay. It's not the Dracula that I expect. And that's not me saying I want Bella Lugosi or something yeah. like Because that's also also not. But I just don't think... I think, for, like I said earlier, I think Nosferatu, I think, is in my head, is the, the strongest the interpretation of that character. Because Dracula shouldn't be the front character. And he's not in a lot of this film either. But he shouldn't be the front and foremost. But what you should feel is his fear throughout yeah. the film. And although you do very, although you do in the first act, 
the middle act completely loses that fear and thing, which then I think it, it struggles to regain in the third act. And therefore, like, it's it's helped by interesting characters like Van Helsing, but it doesn't regain it. And as I said before, I, I find I found Dracula quite a whiny little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that brings us to the, the million-dollar question. Is it must-see horror? Um... Uh, I don't think I, I can't say that and then say it's messy horror now it's it's not I just don't think it's a I don't think it's a good enough film I just don't think it's good enough Dracula interpretation it's not a definitive Dracula it's not uh, it's not in the top 100 horror films because the film isn't really scary the first act is somewhat scary the part the rest of the film isn't that scary and there are films that came before it that did far better and far better interesting things with you know, monsters and things like that and monster characters. And I just don't think it's deserving of that title. Yes, it's got big actors in it, but big actors isn't a replacement for strong storytelling. And this doesn't have it. And it doesn't have a Dracula that you'd kind of (laughs) want in that way. And I I think finally, like, this is why, the only reason I was split is because this is the most closest faithful adaptation of Dracula. And therefore I do think that Dracula, if that's the way you're looking at it, then in which case that's the only thing that might, in my mind, might have snuck it into Mussy Horrors because it's the only one we've got. But I don't think only one we've got is a good enough excuse to say it's a good enough. I think it's got great some great parts, but it's mainly a unfocused film by Coppola that is not got a very, you know, outside of the uh, outside of the first act, sadly. Gary Oldman is really good, fantastic in the first act, but after that, I think sadly the script lets him down. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it. I mean, there we yeah. have it. It's, you couldn't you know, change my mind. It, it was. I like some bits more, so I, I respect it more than I did before. <laughs> but I definitely still think that anyone says that this is a great Dracula film, I still think it's overrated. Well, I mean, we <laughs> I tried. He tried. You got to give him that, and it looks like the CMTH boys are split uh which means that we have to put it to uh, you know we have to put it to the public vote so you know you can find us <laughs> on twitter and instagram at cmth podcast if you think that bram stoker's dracula is musty horror you know let us know with the hashtag team bobby and if you think that no it's overrated isn't definitive dracula and it's not musty horror then hit us with that hashtag team seb uh, and you know the public shall decide our fate um, we hope that you've enjoyed this you know discussion slash fight slash bickering about uh, a film which has split the boys uh, always remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review and we will see you next week take care goodbye don't let any strange sexual Dracula men into your house they can't enter unless you say yes Uh, Be mindful if you see a wolfman pounding in your garden. See you later.